Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon, welcome to Modern Escapism. That's right, listeners. We are indeed not in Kansas anymore because for the first time ever, we're together in the same room. And we well. make it. <laughs> no, we're not. Almost all of us. Oops. <laughs> we told you you had to bring pants to this. Ah. Almost all of us, because unfortunately, that thing that shall not be named decided to rear its ugly head this week of all weeks, and poor Rudels has had to stay behind at home. But if it wasn't for that bastard virus, you better believe he'd cr- had a, he'd have crawled through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness to be here. But for now, soon we'll have to do. So, hello, Oodles. Hello, I feel like a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know you're special. Yeah, yeah uh, Oodles is our special guest for the for The, the uh, reason podcast. I'm not hosting is because I'm going to be quite quiet on this episode because I can't talk for long without slowly dying. So, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty gutting, to be honest. But we power on, and also joining me is a man who just wanted to go out to the coast, get together and have a few laughs, but ended up, ended up having to throw Alan Rickman off a skyscraper. It's Biggie. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> Next up is a woman who, despite holding a position of great importance, Still takes the time out of her schedule to sport her new golden bikini. It's Candy. <laughs> Hello. And finally, it's a man who, despite his lovable nature, will not think twice about leaving a horse head in your bed if you cause him an editing nightmare. It's Gadget. Oh, you're all going to suffer for this weekend. Yeah, this one is going to be fun. <laughs> We have a room full of people, oodles at his house, and a constant echo of myself in my ear. That's not off-putting at all. (laughs) But anyway, uh, before we crack on, I will go through the Patreon stuff and try to sell you some of our lovely wares. Anyway, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you'll find our Patreon. And on there, you'll see all the extras stuff that we do for, for £5 a month, modern escapees. That will get you an extended edition of this episode every week, as well as at least one monthly special and any other specials we do. If you are into Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, we do an actual play podcast called Do Dragons Dream of Scorch Sheep? And for five pounds a month, you can get uh, ad-free extended edition—sorry, ad-free early access of those podcasts, as well as any artwork, music, uh, character sheets, maps, and anything we put together for the show, as well as the ability to suggest NPCs and items for gadgets using the campaign. But for seven pound fifty, the Biggie Bundle—that gets you everything. Everything. <laughs> and if you are a backer of the Biggie Bundle or Scotch Sheep, you'll have had a oh god, I, I can't deal with this at the moment. You'll have had our excellent uh, 
Trevor went down to fix a song that Gadget put together for our latest episode, and it was absolutely brilliant. It was oh yes, so good. And I love that it caught you all by surprise. Mm-hmm. It could be because Christmas Oodles number one. I sat for ages, kind of working through that, trying to get the tune right, get the sound right, and obviously Pip uh, was a massive influence on the lyrics as well. And there is uh, there is the Zoom video. I may put it out on YouTube at some point, but if you watch Candy's face when that song is playing, <laughs> it's hysterical because she looks so happy with herself. I mentioned the artwork. Oh, yeah, and the artwork is fantastic that Candy did for it. Mm. Oh, thank Which you very if you, much. If you hop over to our Twitter account or into the Dyson Dragons room in the Discord, you can see it, and it's marvellous. Right. So now that we've done the corporate shilling, we're going to get on to what we've done this week. And we're going to start with you, Biggie. What have you got up to this week? Absolutely fuck all, apart from finishing The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, yeah. Which I completed last night, about half midnight. Yay. Um, I have thoughts. I don't know whether to go into them in here or save it for something else. Um, I'm bouncing around the idea of doing maybe a spoiler cast Ooh, for yeah. part one and two, just to discuss the series as a whole. Um, you've done, finished both, haven't you? I Oodles. have, and Oodles has. Uh, yeah. Mike yeah. knows... Oh, I don't know why I said Mike. Gadget knows... Um, <laughs> Oh, just because you're all in the same room together. <laughs> first name sounds now. I've been first named, I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, you know the ending, you know how it ends. Yeah, I know you? how it ends, yeah. And Candy, you're not sure if you're going to play it or not. I Yeah, I don't mind if I get it spoiled, to be it's, quite honest. It's depressing. I, I feel like if I was going to carry on with it, I probably would have done by now. Yeah, I have thoughts about the game, but I won't go into it today, I don't think. It's just, a good series to do it. a little... little uh, Overall, overarching podcast over to be honest. A bit late, yeah, but why not? Yeah, I just think no, just as, as, like a discussion piece. Um, talking about that, maybe if we have a guest, maybe come on. I have an idea for yeah. someone to come on. Yeah, um, and talk about series as a whole and thoughts about the plot, the ideas, etc. And um, I mean, overall, it's a great game. It's incredible. I spoke quite a bit about it last week, so I don't want to go too much into it. It certainly ended in a way I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Really great work by Naughty Dog. Um, interesting to see if they do a third one. Mm. That isn't really giving anything away. I just wonder if they're going to do more with that world. But yeah, that's about it. And apart from a three, four hour journey down to here. Yeah, I, I don't want, want another one, personally. Same. I think it's leave it as it is. Do something new. Yeah, give would us you, some new characters. Give us a new world. I was, would would you play a game of The Last of Us with different characters in the same world? Like, do you think there's more stories to tell in that world? I'd play. They've it covered in a, quite a lot with one and two, haven't they? I'd play it yeah. in a different country. I want to see what the rest of the world's getting up to. Mm, that's true. Yeah, they are actually rebooting it as well, aren't they? The original one. What? Really? Yeah, they're rebooting rebooting the game. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Why? Yeah, Money. we've got a TV series coming as well. I think that's probably why. A, I think it's to kind of put like it a in HD remake out there. I think it's a ground up from the ground up, like yeah, but like a remake. It's not like going to be a yeah, brand it's new not story. rebooting. Going to look better. I heard it was an actual reboot. Oh, fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> right, you've got two 
big series, Uncharted and The Last of Us and yeah. Crash Bandicoot, I guess, but no one likes Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget Jack and Daxter. Uh, They're in oh, there. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's have something <laughs> new, Naughty Dog. Disrespect. Gadget brought up a good point um, pre-pod about the atmosphere of the game and the climate that we find ourselves in at the moment. And it is a bleak game to play. That was, I mean, I mean, that was my issue with. It. That's why I kind of fell off it. Not because I think it was a bad game in any way, or they were doing telling a bad story, but it's. I mean, it came out what September last year, and that was just as we were kind of like approaching the second lockdown. Yeah, and it was just so depressing. I get it's a depressing game, and it's a sad subject, and that's all fine. That's like the art that they want to say, but just like at that time for me, it was just like I can't do this. I wonder if that's actually why I dropped off it because I had my reason for dropping off, and it wasn't to do with the like state of affairs of the world. But actually, I wonder if it had more of a fe- more of an effect on me because of that. There was a delay in releasing it at first, wasn't there? Because of it was that, supposed to be like May, I think, or June or something like that. But yeah, they did push it back to like September. It had the opposite effect for me, where I felt like the world around us wasn't half as bad as the world in that game. So <laughs> this is very true. It made me feel did, a lot better. Did it give you the modern escapism you needed? Yeah. I was like, right, I'm I I, I will Branding. be I will be able to tackle whatever's happening outside due to that game giving me the uh, chops to be able to do it. I'm more frustrated with clickbait than clickers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie has to click on stuff, we all know what happens then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's it for me. I, I just think maybe, but we'll see. Uh, I, I don't want to go into spoilers because the game is still out there for people to play. So maybe we can do a separate chat about it. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss off pod. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that is really it for me. Yeah, I think it's probably one of those games where um, you just don't discuss it. Spoilers. Yeah. Unless someone's played it, it's, just, it's not, not really fair. Unless someone says, I'm not bothered, it's fine, but on a public podcast like ours I would never dream of discussing spoilers on it even if it was like five years down the line so yeah, yeah. maybe we will do one like that would be nice to do actually right so Candy what about you what have you been up to um, I also haven't been up to that much um, due to way that we're podcast. recording I know but what I did do I might, well seeing as I had a five hour journey today I finally started the Silo Saga the uh, the first book that was oh, born hey. I've been mean. well I've actually had it since you recommended it and I've had it on audiobook but every time I've gone to play it I've fallen asleep and that's no slight against the book at all Hugh Howie is crying right now I just tend to listen at at night time and I finally got the chance to listen to it properly today and I got a good probably about six hours in now and it's just starting to kind of spice up and without going uh, again without going into spoilers it's kind of at the point where not everything is what it seems Oh, so you're, so you're you're actually a good way into it. So you're, you're like well into Jules's story, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, way yeah. into it. Yeah. So she's bit. How do I say this without spoiling? So, so she's had a position in the top few layers, yeah. and now she's gone back down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you are. Yeah. So yeah, really, really enjoying that. Um, I wish I had started it sooner, but I just haven't had the chance. Um, so hopefully I'll finish it on the way home. Um. Also, I watched... I'm going to start talking about Skyrim again, I'm afraid. No! I know. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it the same amount of times that they released the game. Um, God, we'll be here forever. <laughs> Infinitely. But every single podcast we do from now on is Skyrim-based. Um, but yeah, no, they had a live concert, which I spoke about last week, and it was to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. And 
it was it was a really nice it wasn't sort of braggadocious from Bethesda's point of view it was more of a celebration of the fans so that was really nice to watch they had the actual fans on there telling their stories and how Skyrim affected them and where they've you know it's people that have met from playing the game and subsequently got married or people that have it's been a turning point in their life so it was really cute it, it did get a little bit sentimental at one point but what was nice so that there was a little surprise at the end, and that was the soundtrack to Starfield, which is the next big Bethesda IP coming out. So that was really nice. That was a good like ten minutes of the music from that uh, from that game. So it was really exciting to listen to. But I just have to kind of manage my excitement because there's a whole there's a whole year before it actually comes out, and I just can't maintain that la- the same level of excitement for the whole year. No, so. no, no. You, you've got you've got to reserve that level of hype for the next version of Skyrim to come out. Oh, absolutely! And we've got at least three more versions before yeah. uh, next year. So two released this week, didn't they? Two different versions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to think Todd Howard came on stage and went, "You know, Skyrim moved me to a bigger house, <laughs> <laughs> a castle." Uh, but yeah, that's it for me really this week. I mean, I can talk about things that I've spoken about before. I've Carrying on with Death Stranding, and I'm right at the end. I've only got a couple of hours left, um, and I just haven't, because I know the last couple of scenes are a good few hours long, and I just need that time to sit down and properly watch it. And don't forget, there is more after the original ending, like I told you last time. Do you know what? I haven't actually done any of the the new content either. I haven't used any of the we new just features. just mainlined this, with it, despite I the have, extra content. The new content's incredible. To, uh, well, I wanted to experience the story again, but... You can do it after. Yeah, exactly. So... I love the fact that... Hey, Hideo Kojima's put out all this new content, and George is like, mainline, mainline it. it. <laughs> I don't want new content, I want the old content, but better. Mainline candy. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back into it, but I just want to finish the end of the story. Um, I hadn't intended to play it at all. I, I wanted to play Deathloop, but I, I wanted to see what it looked like on the PS5. <laughs> and I haven't gone back. Excellent. So, what about you, our fallen brother, Hoodles? What I've, have you got up to? I've done. I've been doing loads of stuff because I've been stuck in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't talk about that on the pod. No. <laughs> no. That, How is that factor porn? I can't do that stuff. It gets me out of breath. <laughs> and <laughs> another feeling, mate, with my sternum. Yeah, Oof. breath is kind of what I'm lacking at the moment. So, um, yeah, I um, watched two movies. Um, one, Shang-Chi, um, really solid movie. Didn't, didn't break the mould for me. Mid-range, I, isn't it? You what, sorry? Mid-range. Mid-range, yeah. Yeah, de- de- I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it reminds me of a, a phase one Marvel film. A decent phase one Marvel film, but just... There's something. It's the end. The end. I just think it's a bit. I like. I like the uh, the beginning bits. Um, San Francisco, and then uh, is it Kowloon the go to? I like. I like those bits. Yeah. I like. I like the more martial arts. The the Jackie Chan inspired bits. You can. You can tell. You can see that Jackie Chan is team. The the bit on the on the bus is exceptional. Yeah, those are the bits I like. The bit on the bus. The bit on the scaffolding. That kind of more grounded stuff. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy a lot more. And I've said this before, but as a Marvel apologist, yeah. the big CGI fight at the end just felt cold. I, it's, me. it's crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crap. It doesn't do anything exciting yeah. or new. 
and and, yeah. and then then the link to the actual MCU is fine. I knew that's what the link would be because I know the books. I know I knew what the Ten Rings represent and stuff. There's some surprise characters in there that I was like, oh wow, that's always nice. I'm not spoiled that, but yeah, that's it. It, it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. Same with Black Widow. It was just there. It's just a nice little romp. Um, a, a film I did watch today called. Um, it's so generic a name, I forgot it. Red Notice, I think it's called. Oh, I've heard this is. Yes, yeah, starring um, everyone's man crush, Ryan Reynolds, and everyone's other man crush, Dwayne Johnson, and everyone's just crush, uh, Gal Gadot. Um, this film. Um, Sucks. It is a. <laughs> no, it's 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 got some gold in there. Ooh. It has got some gold. It, it, I've but, heard no but bad things about this. Oh, oh, it's not good, mate, but it's got some gold in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to bury the lead a little bit. Um, you can tell they're trying to build this new espionage franchise, this um, uh, Ocean's Eleven meets Fast and Furious. If you don't like Fast oh, and God. Furious, you won't like this film. Well, Biggie, wear out. Because yep. it is basically a Fast and Furious film. Um, through through and through. You need another one of those. Well, that's what it is. It's, it's got it's got those it's got those jokes where they need to be. For fans of Fast and Furious, I think it's a solid three out of five. But for people that really don't like those franchises, you're not gonna. It, nothing's gonna change your mind. It, it's like imagine. Remember the right Ocean's Eleven. I think Ocean's Eleven's a fantastic film. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven's like for me the pinnacle of a heist film. That's oh, absolutely superb. This is trying to do Ocean's Eleven for about half an hour. Ugh. Then it does Fast and Furious. And, and there's its problem. And then it does Indiana Jones 4. Oh! Whoa! Oh. Yeah. So, so basically... Kill it. Kill it. It, it, you, know, you know how the world loves Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. I think if you do a breakdown of the films he's done, He's done a lot more shite than good. Oh, he's done he has done some films. stinkers. Have you seen yeah. Six Underground? I was going to say Six Oof. Underground. That's awful. Yeah, I couldn't even finish it. Deadpool he, shite. He's not. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He's not even the best thing in this. What was, what was that rom com he did with Sandra Bullock? Oh, Deadpool two. Just a few <laughs> weeks notice was it? Something like that. Yeah, that was god awful. He's not the best thing in it. I think The Rock's the best thing in this. Um, he's really he's the best thing in most things. He's really says. enjoying himself. Um, Gal Gadot could have been anyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what specifically Gal Gadot could have been anyone? Anyone could have played that role. Anyone could have played that role. I, I'll right. be honest. Okay. I um, think the only f- part she's ever nailed is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Every other thing I've seen her in, she's, she's not great. So, so, so are you telling me that, that like her w- life's work has not kind of revolved around playing Giselle in Fast and Furious? <laughs> Thank she, you. She's basically the same character as Fast and Furious in this. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's 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 good. It's on Netflix. It's free to. No one pays for Netflix. I don't think anyway. Um, everyone steal it from you, Oodles. Yeah, I, I thought everyone so. in the world. I thought so. Uh, and it's 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 fine. It's everyone's stunning in it. It, it looks good. It's just yeah. It, it's it is. If I could, if, if the best way to describe it is the closest film to this for my money. Is in Indiana Jones Four. That's what it felt like. Oh God, <sighs> Jesus! That's not a comparison any filmmaker wants. Yeah, I know. Is you, there you, a fridge involved? Uh, yeah. Is there aliens <laughs> involved? No. 
So it's purely on the fridge based uh, I'll have you know, there's no aliens in Indiana Jones 4. They're ex- ex- interdimensional beings. You oh, do okay, know this, right. don't you? Is there any uh, Weir Winston <laughs> in there, in Red Notice? Say that again, sorry. Any Ray Winston? No, no. There's no. a there's a worse no. character than Ray Winston in this. <laughs> What's it, Jonesy? Jonesy. Well, all I'm saying is he's supposed to be a Spanish viscount. You'll see. You'll see. They brought Sean Connery back out of permanent retirement. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made the film better. It, it's fine. It's a it's a romp. Shang Chi is a way better three out of five than that three out of five. But. They're both got wait, wait, shit ha, ha, Have you reached the point of, of of multiple three out of fives? Yeah, but there's different categories of three out of fives, isn't there? Like yeah. a Marvel three out of five is a normal film's four out of five. <laughs> right, okay. Because it's just a Marvel can, film. Can you list so. this down for us so we know what the fuck you're talking about? Then you <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I'm yes, poorly. but you exist in, in the letterboxed matrix. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's fine. Um, watch it. Um, like I say, it's sexy, and you can't beat a bit of sexy, can you, can you really? It's. Sexy. I think was it the Empire Review? I read that they mentioned the, the special effects all look exactly that. It's like it's filmed in a studio. Oh all god, the locations yeah. There's, there's a bit really at the, There's a bit at the end where they're supposed to be on a beach, and I'm like, that looks like local swimming baths. That. Is <laughs> <laughs> there a like, swimming gala going? Yeah, going I was like, wow, and there's, yeah, there's um. It, this, it, this tries to be a deep uh, twist, but I saw the twist at the beginning. And if I can see a twist in the film, you all can see a twist in the film, trust me. Ooh. But you know how heist twists do it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Spies and heist. But yeah, yeah, it's fine. Red Notice. It, the, the film's so average, it's got an average name and an average score. It does yeah. sound like beige wallpaper. I mm. think it's Netflix most. Expensive film? Really? Jeez. Oh, dear. Wow. Even more expensive than The Ridiculous Six, which was supposed to have an obscene budget. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest one. I I think I know where where the the money went on this, because there's a really good... Get ready for it. Car chase. (laughs) But without cars. Is there lots of downshifting involved in like sweating? Oh, yeah. But without cars. You'll see. Car chase without cars. Yeah, it's, it's basically humans being cars. Some red, red turtles in it. Yeah, humans being cars. Banana skins. Humans <laughs> being cut off me. So it, basically, it's a chase, but it's it's like it's like choreographed like a car chase, but it's on on foot. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a foot race in it. Shifting trains. You'll know exactly. So someone's running away. You'll know you exactly really which real. bit I mean. <laughs> you'll know exactly which bit I mean. Trust me, and you'll be like. This is a car chase, this, but just with people on foot. <laughs> it's always kind of running around going, <laughs> more or less. More or less, yeah. Lots of thudunk, thudunk as they downshift. You'll see it. But yeah, that's. I've been playing some games and stuff, but some I'm not allowed to talk about. Others I don't want to talk about. Oh dear. So yeah, that's my, that's my way. Also, yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. You did watch um The Heart of Their Father, didn't you? Yes. Did you like uh, that? Oh yeah. Good, that was not really a good. Everyone down. should watch that. That is really. that is that is a that is a slick ass film. I did, I, 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 did, I did like that screenshot that you posted with the um the, the train car with C.A. Boseman yeah. written on yes, the side Yes, Yes, I forgot it. to mention that last week. That there's yeah. a nice little uh, There's loads of little Easter eggs like that. Boseman in there. That is that is that is a great film. 
that would make when as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the most graphic novel film I've ever seen. Oh wow! Should be a graphic novel. Yeah. It's it's yeah yeah yeah. Watch that instead. Ignore everything I've told you and watch that instead. <laughs> we will. We normally do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Eudles. On to you, Gadget. What have you been up to? Uh, so a couple of things. I got sufficiently pissed off with Tortured Souls to give up on it. <laughs> I tr- tormented Souls. Tormented Souls, that's it. <laughs> I tried to warn you. Yeah. I was, I was enjoying it up to a point, and I just... The, there's a point in the game where you meet, like, a kind of nemesis kind of creature, like an unkillable chaser kind of creature. Stalker. Which I'm fine with. And I enjoy that in horror games. Like, I love Mr. X, I love Nemesis, I love all this kind of shit. And Pyramid Head, all these kind of things. The problem is with this bastard, he has no predictable behavior in that you won't see him for a little while, you'll be kind of going around doing out puzzles, and you'll walk into a room and you'll hear his music, and he will usually appear in a bit of a narrow walkway where you can't avoid him and you will take damage. Um, and he hits fucking hard. You can take like three hits from him and then you're dead. The problem is, at that point, the mansion is repopulated with enemies. So you're also taking hits from other things. And the enemies take a lot, a lot to kill, don't they? the healing items have repopulated. Yeah, this sounds like Dark Souls. No, it's not. No, it's fucking worse. At least with Dark Souls, every time you die, you get a full set of healing items. And swords don't run out of ammo. And so it's whatever, and it's just it's at the point where like mine does. <laughs> I enjoyed the kind of nostalgia trip for it. I I, I really did, mm. but it's kept too much of the shit that annoyed me of like Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Two and stuff like that. Like what they should have done was take the stuff that is nostalgic, the fixed camera angles, the kind of restricted items, inventory management, that kind of thing. Mm. But like put in maybe like a more generous autosave system. Or a better way to heal yourself, the or something like that. The bodies have got too much HP as well. Yeah, it's just it's at the point now where the nostalgia's worn off, and I'm just reminded about how irritating those mechanics are. Yeah, and you can just play the evil within instead. I could play the evil within and have a better experience. <laughs> yeah. So um, instead, <coughs> I played a game that I didn't think I would like in a genre I know I hate. Uh, I played Forza Horizon Five, and I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> It's awesome. It's, it's really good. It's awesome. Boom. <laughs> Even I wouldn't have gone that far. I was going to say, Oodles, you're really sick. i got sick. a yellow card. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Forza Horizon, if you haven't heard of it, it's basically, it's Microsoft's arcade racer based on the Forza Motorsport brand, but it's just a bit silly. It's all about fast cars, huge jumps, open worlds. This year it's set in Mexico. Sounds like Fast and Furious. So it's a Fast and Furious it game. Basically, it's Fast and Furious. Weird that you like it, though. Yeah, but um, it starts as Fast and Furious. It's it a, does. It, the opening is a Fast does. and Furious film. Yeah the, yeah, the opening of the game, you're you, you're you're thrown out of the back of a plane with a parachute. Yeah, in the car. Of course you are. In the car, so you hit the ground at seventy miles an hour immediately. Is there a safe the following behind you as well? A massive fuck off safe. <laughs> <laughs> as your parachute. <laughs> you disrespect Fast Five. Oh, no. The thing is, unbelievable. Like, it's gameplay wise, it's pretty much identical to Forza Horizon Four, which I kind of enjoyed for a little bit, but I kind of fell off early on. This one, I'm really enjoying. I'm enjoying barreling around Mexico as fast as I possibly can in a ridiculous supercar. Like, there's nothing realistic about the game. 
I mean, for starters, in my garage, I've got a fucking mid uh, nineties Escort Cosworth, uh, Sierra Cosworth, rather. I would never have that. Rare as fuck, Carl. Yeah, but um, you, w- really- you wouldn't drive it either. No, no, no. <laughs> You're turning into Paul Walker before my eyes. <laughs> it's just really, it's completely unrealistic. It is like a Fast and Furious game. Like I, I went into photo mode as I was like, went off a jump and was like 100 feet in the air. That's a great photo that you yeah. posted. Oh, no, I, oh, the photo mode is excellent. I went up the highest mountain just so I could get a picture yeah, yeah. of the See car that. on the mountain and then a picture of me going down the mountain. And it took me fucking ages because you it's really steep, so your car just keeps rolling back down. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there was one of the kind of the thought, like the Horizon Festival event things, where you had to drive into an active volcano. Oh wow! And as you're driving back down the other side, it's like starting to erupt and it's like rumbling. And that it's just like get down the mountain as fast as you can. Is there any collateral damage? Aging. No, none of that. But it's just it's really quick. It's got a re. It's what I appreciate in a racing game. It's got a really good um, impression of speed. Like, you really do feel like you're driving very fast. So it's um, not fast and furious. <laughs> no, it is actually fast. Um, it is, it's the first game I've ever played, well, not, maybe since Death Stranding, which feels photorealistic. Yeah, it does look, it does look incredible. 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 And I'm, I'm playing in... Um, in performance mode as well, so I'm playing it for the 60 frames a second. It's not so I'm even the, the best, lower resolution. Yeah, it's not even the best graphics, is it? No, and it still looks incredible. Wow. Um, a lot of people thought Mexico is a odd choice for the game as well, but apparently it's really good. Mexico's I got a really it was good choice as well. It's got a good ecosystem. I think, I think that's as because Mexico. you have this inherent bias from American cinema, where Mexico is just a fucking yellow desert. It's not, and it's not like one of the opening sections when you're having cars dropped out of a plane is you're in a a rally spec Porsche 911 barreling through the um, the jungle. And it's really fun. People forget that there's snow in Mexico. Exactly, yeah. Like, it's a more cosmopolitan <laughs> country cocaine, than American isn't it? cinema would make you think. <laughs> That's <a> Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's genuinely, there's jungle, there's just normal kind of desert roads. Yeah. You get sandstorms. Like I said, the mountain I went up, there's snow at the top of that. There's mm. rocky mountains, there's rocky hills, yeah. there's yeah, all different kinds of terrain. So like obviously when Forza Horizon 4, the novelty was, oh, it was in Britain. That was quite fun if you're British. But when you think about it, Britain's pretty bland. We have fields <laughs> and woods. It's just green, isn't it? It's just green. Yeah, yeah, and a few hills. But like Mexico has all these different terrains and everything. So it just, yes, it's a bit of an extension of 4, but it's more fun. I think, I, I think as well what they've done is they've really refined the mechanics of 4. Like, it doesn't really feel much different to afford to play it. But I think it just, there's a few less irritating things. Like, it, t- it doesn't take as long to get unlock the multiplayer mode. You get a pretty consistent amount of XP and unlocks as you, as you kind of start the game. It's just, they've taken away just some of the irritating shit. And um, given it's on Game Pass as well, it's amazing. Like, a game like this, I don't have to fucking pay anything for, apart from me, tenner a month, you know? That's what it's that's so what good. I felt like with um, Flight Simulator. I was like, yeah. this is one of the most anticipated games of all time, and it's free. <laughs> so- yeah, I can't get my my head around Game Pass at all. What how it works for Microsoft? I know there must be a loss. Well, no, it, it's not a loss because they, they released the figures, and it's something like since Forza Horizon came out, get with like Halo Pass. coming out next month, they've had like some like nine million new subscribers this year. And they're all paying a tenner a month. 
I'm not. Well, you're not, but... Because I'm savvy. <laughs> tight. Tight is the I look for the cores. You're a tight Yorkshireman. No, Bill Gates will remember this. I've got a year's worth of game pass for half the price. You keep doing okay. that, Sheila. Don't worry. Yeah. Sheila's deals. I'm on my mum's laptop, so it says Sheila on my, on my Zoom. Boodles. The, the, okay, so the point is, if you take it, they've added 9 million new subscribers. If you assume half of them are paying full price for it, you know, it's, that's a ridiculous amount a month that they're bringing in. Yes. And it, it's, it's proving at this point that the Game Pass model does work because this is just new subscribers. Like, I've, I, I've, sold, I, I've sold my Xbox, but like the thing that would get me back. You're probably still paying for Xbox Game Pass. I'm not, I cancel it straight away. Uh, um, the thing that would get me back is when Game Pass is, is accumulated more, a, a, a couple of months more games, and I know that this yeah. Series S is fucking. You can get them for 200 quid. Yeah. It's fuck all. So I know that down the line, when I get a bit more, more money, and if we get even loads more patron subscribers. I'll just get another. <laughs> Do you know what I'm I mean? Sony adamant that it's not sustainable, though. I don't think Microsoft give a fuck that. about susta- sustainability. <laughs> it's Microsoft. They want people to buy PlayStations, don't they? I think it's that difference in business models, though, because Sony is a Japanese company. They're interested in the money up front. Yeah, hard cash, isn't it? Whereas Microsoft are playing the long game. They want the long-term subscribers. They're, they're like doing like the Netflix model. Whereas like they're trying to put out stuff that's attractive for people to come into the um, into the ecosystem. The best way to look at it is you look at you look at Microsoft and the R and D side of Windows platform and how much they put in for the updates that are free to everyone. They're willing to just put loads of money to something to yield profit way down the line. Yeah, they're not scared yeah, I mean, to do that. I mean, also, I mean, also, if you look at it, like the PlayStation Five might be more powerful out the gates than the Xbox Series X. Mm. But the Game Pass platform, Sony's platform is shit. Yeah, like the, the 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 PSN, the PS Now, stuff like that. It's terrible compared to Game Pass. Yeah, and no, I, I don't disagree at all. I, I won't totally be surprised that. if that's we what, see. That, that's what Microsoft has put their investment in. Like they, they they trialed it in the last gen because they released that Xbox One S all digital. Yeah, and that was their kind of trial run for the Series S. It wouldn't. I just be, wonder if what, what, they'll eventually put up the Game Pass to more. Mm. I think I think that I think I can see them putting it up at fifteen quid a month, and even then, it's still ridiculous value. I, I think I genuinely I can see it in the next few years that they're going to release like Game Pass box, which is literally just for Game Pass. Like no, do you know isn't what, that the Series S? Yeah, like the Series S, obviously, but a bit more. I don't know, and I'm not saying Chromecast dongle style thing, but something along. Oh, the, something like that, where like you've got like the subscription on your phone, like for the X Cloud. Yes, yes, and it's just that, and it's for so that. basically basically doing Stadia right. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Maybe with a little bit of storage so you can download one game on it. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I just think my only argument against it would be that, for me, I'm looking at it from my point of view, I don't have enough time to play lots and lots of games. I never played so loads of them. So having the Game Pass with lots, lots of, of games them. being released all the time on there just... When you know they're there, when you know they're, they're relying on someone like and things get deleted to buy Game, pa- game Pass... And it just sit there for a few months, yeah. and you've not touched it. Yeah. So you've not got the money, the value out of it. But Microsoft have got your money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm fucking guilty of that. Yes, I have. Until recently, I went a few months without playing anything on Game Pass. I'm like, I'm paid for this. But yeah, like, 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 like I, I went through playing um, uh, Deathloop, uh, Tormented Souls, like stuff like that, like all this um, Persona Five. 
all that stuff on my PlayStation. I didn't even turn on my Xbox. Still paying for Game Pass. Mm. Oh, you get the codes, the cheap codes. Cheap codes are good. good it, then. Cheap codes are good. I don't feel but bad about also, it. Also, as you say about Game Pass, um, Forza Five had a million early access. Exactly. Only yeah, play so to early access is to pay a minimum of thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So they had yeah. around 30, 40 million people yeah. buying the early access to play it a week early. I think that's going to be their model for their big releases. I could yeah, see them I saying, see you want to play Halo a week early multiplayer? You can unlock it and that gets you all the DLC, that gets you all any I've got stuff. A, I've got a feeling like that, Stig. Livelies or whatever. I think, like that. I think they're going to start doing that with some third-party stuff as well. Some mega deals. I can see them probably some doing mega it for deals. maybe like stuff like Stalker Two. Some some mega deals like let's uh, for instance Elden Ring. It's never going to happen. It's too soon now. But Elden Ring, they were saying, oh, if you pay uh, nineteen ninety nine, you get to play Elden Ring a week early and you get the DLC. Ooh, mm. and people are going to be like, only on Xbox I can do that. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, it would be yeah, like maybe like saying to people like pay a little bit more than what the season pass costs to get early yeah. access as well. Yeah, and then Sony's going to be like, we'll do that. On the PS6, <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's, just, it's just gonna be too late. No, no, no. So, so he'll come in on the PS6 with a Game Pass. Yeah, called Game Pass. There'll be a generation <laughs> behind on good ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you know, like how the 360 came out, and the selling point of the PS3 was you don't have to pay for the online. Mm. And then Sony saw how much Microsoft made from Xbox Live. Yeah. PS4, you've got to pay for the online. Yeah, they'll play catch up one day, but I mean. The figures speak for themselves on actual consoles, but with, with Sony, you don't know who's, if anyone's even playing them. They might just be in somebody's garage. True. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? All them scalpers. But, yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. regardless, uh, Forza Horizon 5, if you've got Game Pass, it's a fucking no-brainer. Just play it. Play it. And even if, even if you don't like racing games, give it a blast, because even if you play two or three hours of it, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. Right, on to me then. Um, I've been playing a game recently. About 26 hours or so into it. Wow. So I think I'm at a point now where I think I can discuss it and whether I like it or not. Um, I'm just going to share something. Oodles, close your eyes. No, it's all right. No, no. Why? <laughs> can you hear that? <laughs> you playing, <laughs> playing Dragon Quest? I have been playing Dragon Quest XI. Ooh. <laughs> Are you playing the S version? I'm playing, yeah, the game oh. on uh, Game Pass. So I was, I'm was i absolutely good you're not here for this because I really wanted you to be in person to say this. Oh, no. But yeah, I've played Dragon Quest and... Hang on, hang on. Why are you playing it? How did you get onto that? Because Oodles never shuts up about it. It, wor- huh? it works. Oodles never shuts up about it. Oh, you just only thought you were actually going to play it for one? Yeah. Ooh. It works when you constantly mention something's your favourite game ever. Because I've always said, I'm not going to play that. It's a JRPG. He's a good Shit. friend. I don't like it. But it's on Game Pass, and I downloaded a load of new games onto my Xbox, and I started playing it, and then I haven't stopped playing it. <gasps> Ooh. And I, have, <laughs> I haven't played... Deathloop since the first week it came out. <laughs> I, I've got it here as well because I got it on a lend, and uh, yeah, still, I'm still not touched it really. But yeah, it's it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's 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 really good as uh, baby's first JRPG, isn't it? Yeah, you know, last week we did a a show on gaming soundtracks. Yeah. It's got a fucking incredible it soundtrack. Really I told you. I told you. So good. And I, I was like, I can't talk about it last week. Oh, wow. Because I want to talk about the game this week. Oh, um, wow. But I, honestly, I've got like notes here as I've been playing uh, it. I mean, for... for... You play. You're playing that the battle music for the to get the reaction from Moodles. The battle music is really fucking good. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like I've played loads of JRPGs, and that is the most memorable battle. It's music, better than like Final, Final Fantasy VII. It's better. Mm. Yeah. You even have it when you're battling as well. <laughs> it's so happy. It's like major key and everything. It's glorious. It used to be. I've my, been um... humming it in re- life away from the game. That and the, the music <laughs> from the towns. It used to be my alarm clock on the morning. The battle theme. And it gets you pumped. I mean, it, it, it is now confirmed Stig is a weeb. No, it, not, not oh, with man, Dragon Quest, because Dragon Quest a is a cultural like cornerstone of gaming. It, it, it transcends JRPG. Like I said the to Stig... The cultural cornerstone of gaming for weebs. No, oh. see, I think Dragon Quest doesn't have that same... It hasn't feel and look of... Oh, look how he's changed! He's right, he's right. It doesn't though, have not. the look of like a persona. <laughs> yeah, he's not like persona. It's not good in cloud. It's not. It's not pervy. So I'll talk about the stuff I like about it, yes. shall I? Yes. Go on, then. So the music is brilliant. Yep. The world is fantastic. It looks amazing. It's gorgeous. Like just outside of the character creations, like the actual world and the environments look incredible. Yep. The battle system. Battle system. I really like. Yeah. Because you can mix it up depending on how you want to play. So and it's not surprise attacks. I hate surprise attacks. So if you, I want to fight a monster, I'll go up to it and hit it. Yep. If I want to ignore it, I'll just run around it. Yep. And I can play, I can set it to automatic fighting. I can set it to all different types of defense or attack or follow orders. So what I tend to do is if I'm just doing a bit of grinding and hitting low level monsters, I just set it to automatic. If I you barely grind, you barely need to grind. You barely need to grind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he knows the tactics. <laughs> if I'm fighting a big monster, I put it to follow orders, so I tell everyone how to do stuff, yes. and I do it. Yeah, yes. He's engaging with systems, everybody. No, but he's doing it exactly how he should be without anyone telling him. Oodles is appreciating him. Look at his happy little face, look. I mean, this is like a Christmas present for Oodles. Yeah. The crafting aspect is brilliant. The little uh, forge you get. Oh, it's so addictive, isn't it? (laughs) But what I really like about that is if you don't have a specific part you need, you can buy it. You just buy it there and then. So you're not running around looking for, I need one piece of silver. Where the fuck do I get this from? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'll just buy it because... Spending two hundred gold on a piece of silver to make a piece of armor that will cost you two thousand gold makes sense. Yeah. So I really like that. I really like the characters. Who's your favorite Eric. so far? I like. I've, I've got Eric. Yep. The two sisters and Silvando. Silvando, baby. Silvando is amazing. He's incredible. Incredible. He's done better. the tournament fight tournament. Oh, you're getting new new, new goodies soon then. Yeah, so I've just done all that. (coughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, he, he, he's so happy with, with Dragon Quest, his chest is set off. He's a phoenix down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a phoenix down in that. It's a resurrection vial. Nerd! Oh, sorry, that was a bit... My chest just... Ugh. Drink it off. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm going to play it through. I'm probably just going to mainline it. There's a lot of side quests. You don't have to do I the might, side quests. Yeah, I might do them if I can, if they they're on the way. But I'm not going out the way to go from one end of the map to the other. I do them, need to so. warn you of of a thing. So you can do the, the the main quest and get the credits and stuff without grinding and stuff like that. But then there's the 50 hour end game content, which is for like if you if you are into that kind of grinding and no, we'll see. I like the storyline. I do like it. where it's going. I like the, the what's going on. I'm I'm on I'm on a sh- well I'm on a ship now or have I just Yeah. 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 So you've left Galapagos. You've left Galapagos. Yeah. You've left Gondolia. So yeah. I, f- I feel like we're in like a, a situation that when you're playing a persona game and two characters get a little bit closer and you get that like, kind of little positive kind of sparkle that goes out <laughs> between noodles and steak. Do you remember when... And, like their relationship has deepened somewhat. Do you remember when I first... When, when we did the gaming thing and, and I were describing how I felt with Dragon Quest XI where I felt like it's... Every moment you play it, even if you play it for half an hour or an hour, it feels like a little sto- a bedtime story just... Gently, That's in my notes. Yeah, he gently caresses you. Little stories. It doesn't matter how much you play, you'll get something done. Yeah, I, I've got to hear that. Like, I like when you go to little cities, you do everything's like a little story. Yeah. You're doing this little part. It's very Ghibli esque, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I, I like the design of the characters. I do have it, some issues. Oh, so I'm do I. To, I'm going to have to talk about these. First off, I don't like all the monsters. I think some of them look absolute shite. The, the, yeah, the, the carried the over old, from the original game. <laughs> what's I've got here? Big, some th- big monsters with human arms and big lips, big kissing lips. <laughs> yeah, Hogs with me. wizard hats on. <laughs> Rabbits in gimp costumes. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, big, these are weird. And then you get awesome ones like the Spitfire and the. Yeah. Flython, and you get really good looking monsters, but you have all these little weird ones that just have you noticed they've shit. all got pun names as well? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did, did you say pigs and gimp outfits? <laughs> no, bunnies, no, the bunnies, bunnies and the bunnies. Even rabbits and gimp outfits. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's what rabbits naturally wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of, uh, some, the of them have, terrible. some of them date back to 1987. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't make it all right, it does it? <laughs> Yeah, the, the the jumping's terrible. Oh, it's, it's wank. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, right, you can't come at me at this because you agreed with this the other week on the podcast. The protagonist being silent is terrible. Yeah, he, he's detrimental in that story, I think. Because they've done such good work with yeah. all the other characters, really good voice actors, really good script, and he just stands there yeah. looking like... Oh. A gormless cunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, Have you noticed just, with, the, with the hero character, in flashbacks when he's a kid, he talks? Yeah. <laughs> there's another note. Yeah, How he, is it that he talks when you got flashbacks? Yeah. But he forgets. In, re, in the actual thing, he's just stood there like, oh, Stig explains this. Yeah. It's like, no, just why didn't they do? It's weird because in some, in some Dragon Quest games, the main character has spoken, but... For some reason, I, uh, for, since since they've done 3D ones with voice acting, they've just give them no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it, know it really why. Does, no, no, I totally agree. Because 
if you play in a first person shooter like half-life 2 a kind yeah. of silent protagonist works because you're seeing through those eyes you, yeah but you're not seeing it through his eyes you're not this. you're watching cutscenes. yeah it makes it just no sense stands there and all the characters look like they've got cross-eyed so it makes it look it makes him look even more godless it, 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 it is a weird thing with the art that the characters are looking straight forward but because of the way they've drawn the eyes like the pupils like in the middle of their face <laughs> yeah it, do, it does look like they're like that yeah all the time. it does it does <laughs> um I think that's it. I think the, the best thing, that's best the only thing is, problems though, I've got with it. Everything the, the, else the, I'm really yeah, enjoying. The hero character, the main character, might not have a, a a personality at all, but his friends have got such personality. Oh, yeah. Sylvando as well is oh, incredible. God. Doesn't one of the little sister Sam at you, Stig? No, Stig's... <laughs> there, 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 there is a character in this game that's basically got mine and Stig's accent. One of them sounds like Candy. Yeah, yeah. The village is starting. Gemma. Is, just yeah, sounds Gemma. like Candy. You want Babber? That's, that's exactly what she's <laughs> doing. Like she, she, she has the strongest West Country accent. There's also... <laughs> probably like, know her. Like, like that West Country accent where it makes them sound thick. Yeah. We don't know what you're on about. There's also a, a baddie. Ooh, look at the size of that monster. I'm not going to name, I'm name them what they're doing. So, but th- there is a baddie later in the game that has got the thickest Geordie accent you've ever heard. <laughs> Amazing. Fucking mint lake. Oh, he says mint. Oh, that's mint. But, oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm there's a so few questions I have. I'm so, so happy. Right. <laughs> it's like Christmas for you, isn't it, Oodles? What's with all the big muscly guys and gimp masks? It's um, it's Japanese homoeroticism, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe I'm immediately interested. Maybe like, I ought to play. <laughs> They've always been like strangely obsessed with homoeroticism in Japan, haven't they? Because the, it's like quite a regressed homosexual nation, isn't it? It's, it's not they're not loud and proud like a lot of people. So yeah, that's why the words coming out of Oodle's mouth are the opinions of Oodle's <laughs> and not modern escapism. Yes. Yes. So would that would maybe. Be the reason for Puff Puff. Puff Puff is that's <laughs> it's a blowjob. It is a blowjob, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they are just not calling it that. <laughs> it's just done very tastefully, isn't it? Yes. Not, you walk is up it? to a woman on the street and she's like, I give the best best puff puff in the land. Do you want, a bit do you of want puff to come puff? with me? And you click yes, and it goes all dark mm. and it comes back up and she's just like Oh, thank you very much for letting me give you puff puff, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> you don't get any stampers for it. Yeah, one of them has to yeah. do it. There's one bit where you go in, she's like, she's like, my dad's one of the best puff puff givers in the, in the <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's actually a um, podcast, a Dragon Quest podcast called Puff Puff Hour. And <laughs> their intros. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows what Puff Puff is. Someone's getting oh, the dick sucked. Do you know what I mean? It is. And and what was it in in one of the Dragon Quests? I think it might have, it might have been one of the DS ones where you could create a character from scratch and you could be a female. And someone, if you're the female and you go for Puff Puff, at the end they go, it's quite hard to do Puff Puff on you. <laughs> like, yeah, they ain't got a dick. <laughs> There's more effort put in. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's me. Yeah, thank you everyone for that. I'm glad that I was able to cheer you up there, Oodles. It worked. Good. So, Big E, let's find out what we're doing today. Well, what started out as a great idea is now the potential to end friendships, start fights, and end in a murder. As we're in the same room and alcohol is involved. 
going to be arguing over the greatest film of all time and why it's Ice Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Send might as well just stop the podcast now. Should we go to the Patreon section right now? Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> no, so we're going to do like we've done before with the biscuits and the games. We're going to draw the films out of a hat. Everyone's going to do a little pitch about where, like, why their film is the best. And then we're going to vote on what goes through to the next round. But because there's five of us, we're going to have to do a preli- preliminary. Preliminary? Preliminary. Round. Pulmonary. First. <laughs> To uh, level out the standings. So I'm going to draw the names out of a hat. It's a literal hat. It's a, it, mod- it's a literal modern escape. It's a modern escape hat. hat, which you can find on our merch site. So if you go to our website, uh, reasonably priced, modernescapism.co.uk, you'll find a link to our uh, merch shop. Oh, he's ever corporate, isn't oh, he? <laughs> but do buy stuff, though. Yes, excellent. We were all sat around wearing our uh, modern escapism <laughs> gear. I've got my modern escapism fang on now. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm going to draw out the first film, and it is The Dark Knight. Ooh. And Candy. This isn't a car. And we're going to do who it's against first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do who it's against. It will be against <laughs> Goodfellas. Ooh. Ooh. But so, Candy, tell us why The Dark Knight is the greatest film of all time. Right then. Well, I've spoken about this on the pod before. Um, and like I said before, I think it's not only one of the best superhero movies of all time, but it's just one of the best films of all time, I think. Um, and I'm going to go straight in with what I think makes this film so special to so many people. And it's Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Um, the whole. Supporting cast are wonderful, but his performance, it's just outstanding. He, he took what was already a dark role and he and Nolan took it to absolutely another level. So not only do you have the kind of comedic flamboyance that previous Jokers brought, but he also has this like sadistic kind of psychopathic mastermind side to him. And he really gets under all the character's skins. Um, he was just this <clears throat> the perfect counterpart to Christian Bell's Batman. And the pair of them, they've just got such a dynamic chemistry on screen throughout the film and the whole supporting cast they're all brilliant like Heath Ledger obviously he's the most obvious one as as we I've already spoken about but you've also got Gary Oldman Morgan Freeman Michael Caine Aaron Eckhart and Maggie Gyllenhaal and all of them have a really important role to play rather than just being there as kind of token gestures um they're all integral to the story Commissioner Gordon Harvey but Dent both played roles in taking down the Joker and the film's just not afraid to do the unexpected. For example, the scene where Batman has to choose between whether Harvey Dent or Rachel Dawes um, lives. The audience, along with Rachel herself, kind of assume it's, she's the one who'll be saved. Now, I remember it actually being a shocking moment in the cinema when I saw it, when Batman chose, spoiler alert, chose Harvey Dent. Um, and then in doing so, he, he kind of created this ultra baddie, um, turning him into Two-Face and just horrifically burnt and bitter and furious that Batman chose not to save Rachel. And it was just a really clever sort of origin story for, for him. And moving away from the characters, I think the soundtrack as well. And I can always, like a soundtrack is nearly, it, it always sells a film to me. Like it can be a shite film 
And if it's got a good soundtrack, it will really bring it back. And obviously, Batman's not a shit film, but <laughs> it's just straight off the bat, the music by Hans Zimmer creates just such a dramatic tension, it's especially the main theme that kind of plays throughout. And it's just sort of a where he started the trilogy, where the first film kind of laid the foundation, the Dark Knight just took it up a notch and just everything about it, I think, was perfect. Like Heath Ledger's performance, Christian Bale's Batman, the kind of twists and turns throughout and just everyone's performance, all the special effects as well were brilliant. Um, it doesn't look date. I mean, it's an old film now. It's like, what, came out in 2008. So it's, it's well over 10 years old. doesn't look dated at all. Um, and it's just, just from the get-go, it goes straight oh. into the action. You know, you've got that kind of bank heist and you don't realise the Joker's sort of orchestrating it. Takes the mask off and it's him. It's just, I just absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Wow. Well, I'm certainly going to have to up my game for selling a film after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oodles, sellers on Goodfellas. It's my most watched movie of all time by a massive margin. So for people a lot less well-known than Dark Knight, uh, Goodfellas 1990 American biographical crime film directed by Sir Martin Scorsese, if he was English. Um, I, say, I don't think he's a sir. <laughs> no, of course he's not. That's his official title. Uh, and written by Nicholas Pileggi, so the actual author of the book as well, uh, which is based on uh, the book's called Wise Guy. Um, it stars, and this cast list, mwah, impeccable. So you've got Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Lorraine Bracco, and Paul Savino, and many, many other cast. We've got Samuel L. Jackson at one point. Um, it's basically... The, the the life and times of wannabe wise guy and gangster Henry Hill, who unfortunately is not full blooded uh, Italian, so he's uh, he's got Irish blood, so he can never be what they call a made man in the mafia in the Italian mafia, but he can he can be as close as his blood lineage will allow him, um, and yeah, it's just the the rise and and ultimate downfall. Of of that that kind of um, that kind of life that for me it's the pinnacle of the gangster genre or the American gangster genre anyway. Um, it's a, they're a lot different to how British gangster films are done. American ones to glamorize it, and especially Scorsese. You know, Scorsese wishes he was a mafia don, and yeah. I think this is his best film. Um, it's just got great music. Um, and the music changes throughout the film because of his, he's getting older and times and ends up getting into the the early nineties and stuff like that. And um, it's just it's quite it was quite a low budget film. I think it was like twenty five million or something like that, and originally grossed uh, at box office forty five million. So not incredible by that imagination, but critically. It's got like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes still today. Um, it's won many, many, many awards. Um, and it was, I think, known as it's in the top 100 films of all time. Uh, so, I mean, so is Dark Knight. But it's just, like, I'm a big fan of these crime dramas. And, and this, for me, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have all seen it, but I think Goodfellas is... It doesn't feel like it's 1990 that it came out, apart from everyone's fucking hair. 
<laughs> but it's like it's my my first time I remember seeing Ray Liotta in a leading role. I know he probably had done stuff before that, but he's perfect in this. There's the scene. Um, you're talking to me. I'm a clown. Like like I'm a clown. Funny. You know what I mean? Joe Pesci being not being the sticky bandit, the wet bandit, actually being the most terrifying five foot two man in the world. <laughs> and yeah, it's just good. De Niro's impeccable in it as well and it is, is a, there's a narration shift in it that I'd not seen done before that point and like it changes from Henry Hill's wife and stuff like that and um, Paulie and stuff and other gangsters and it's just oh, it's just so it's just so fucking good I think I think when it comes to gangster films this is the one you have to watch because well, they're not they're, they're not all brilliant a lot of them are, but this is the one you have to watch because it's the one that's it's still got a nice sprinkling of comedy. Like the film opens with Joe Pesci stabbing the fuck out of someone in the back of a car, and you're like, "How the hell did they get to that moment?" Oh, you'll find out and past that. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, it's so good. I think it started the cliche. This is me. You may be wondering how I got here. It starts that, but in a in a cooler, slicker way. And yeah, oh, it's just. I just adore everything about it. Don't watch it if you're hungry. Don't watch it if you're trying to quit smoking. <laughs> Don't watch it if you're a bit squeamish. It's it's not for the kids. It's definitely an adult film. There's a lot of swear words in it. There's a lot of words that you don't want to hear, but it's a sign of the times, and I just I, I think it's a 10 out of 10 film. And the book's good as well. So, yeah, that's my pitch. Wow. Well... I love both of these films. So this is going to be a very tough one for me. But I'm going to go to Gadget first. Um, <laughs> well, the the simple fact is I've never seen Goodfellas. You're doing yourself a disservice there. I know you can add it to the list of excellent films I haven't seen, but also with the Dark Knight, like I'm, I, I love the Batman films generally speaking, even the shit ones, because you can look at you can watch the George Schumacher ones and laugh at them quite heartily. Yeah. Um, but I really, really love Heath Ledger's interpretation of the Joker, and the Joker is one of my favorite villains of all time. Not because I'm one of these like random internet people that identifies with them. It's any because kind you're of damaged, scale. aren't you? But I am damaged, but not in that way. Why are you um, so serious? <laughs> I'm always serious. But I like that Heath Ledger took the Joker character. And instead of making him a clown, he took this kind of like almost animalistic attitude towards him, this kind of very unhinged way of playing him. Very creepy. And I think he really got how scary the Joker should be. Um, And I also really do appreciate that a lot of the special effects in The Dark Knight were practical effects. Mm. Like If you watch like a making of, you see how th- that, that truck flip that they oh, do no. in Chicago... It's like, and they really did. Like, I remember seeing that at the cinema and thinking, that's a really impressive special effect. And then I saw the making of that. That's a really fucking impressive special effect. Well, there's, there's absolutely, there's actually uh, no CGI at all in Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it, 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 it's a very different film. But yeah, I. Actually, but, very quickly speaking about special effects, the walkthrough <gasps> in Goodfellas through the restaurant when he walks through the door yep. follows all the way through. One take. One take. Really, really impressive. Like, I'm, I'm sure Goodfellas is, is a superb film, and I'm sure it's one of the best gangster films of all time. But I haven't seen it, so Dark Knight for me makes sense. 
just quickly before we move on to you, Biggie, after you've done Fast and Furious, can we do a Gadget Watchers series for <laughs> good really, films. really great films? <laughs> well, like Goodfellas and Seven. And... Yeah, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, you need to watch these films. The, 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 the seminal film, the films that you have to watch before you die. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? Great. Right, Biggie. Yeah, it's tough. Um, and actually, I think both Candy and Gadget presented that really well for the movie. Dark Knight is as good as they both say. But I'm a massive fan of Goodfellas. Um, always have been. I've seen it many times, probably not as many as you, Oodles. No. But uh, the ensemble cast, the story. I've not read the book. Um, it's really good. I did, really, I did appreciate it. It was an autobiographical movie in a way. But, um, yeah, the acting by everybody in that movie is top-notch. So, unfortunately for me, it, oh, sorry, unfortunately for um, Stig, I'm going for Goodfellas. So, yeah, you're the vote, mate. <laughs> another, another quick fact about Goodfellas is it was the first film Scorsese said, do you know what, fuck it, ad-lib what you want. Most of the incremental dialogue is ad-libbed between absolute masters of their craft. So, I'm sure that helps Stig immensely. <laughs> should have gone first, shouldn't I? You should have. So, The Dark Knight is the best Batman film. Yes. One of the greatest superhero and comic book films ever. And probably the biggest mainstream Batman film ever, I'd say. Easily. I've got yeah, people who... I, I've got a best friend who considers it's one of his favourite films of all time, probably doesn't give a shit about any other Batman film, but The Dark Knight. Yeah. I, I will looks. say, apropos of nothing, and not towards your, your argument either way, but it's amazing how much DC have fucked it. Oh, God, yeah. Considering, <laughs> considering what Chris Nolan laid down with The Dark Knight, like, this is how you do a dark superhero film. Mm. And DC went, no, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back, though, I think. I think this new one looks good. Yeah, yeah this, yeah, this Robin Patterson one looks good. But Goodfellas... Is generally my favorite gangster film of all time. I would hold it above the Godfather films. I do personally, even though I think they're both one and two, especially both incredible. Both. <laughs> um, so I'm really stuck. They're both. I have both as five out of five films. Ooh, who do you like more, candy or noodles? <laughs> Don't work like That's that. Not the way to vote on this. <laughs> Artis- artistic integrity demands that I vote on the film only, not on the personality who nominated it. Somebody could wait on me hand and foot this weekend. Somebody couldn't. See, so, you no. Know, like- if anybody needs, a- if anybody needs any uh, video game codes, just let me know. I'll get you. Over <laughs> Have you got Battlefield? I can get it. Done. <laughs> I have to go with Goodfellas. Yeah, you know it. That's because you're a fucking wise guy. It's just, no, it's I just have a to say film. I don't mind losing to Goodfellas because it is just it is genuinely incredible, and I'm not even like a particular gangster movie fan, but it is it just it's brilliant. The, so the, the thing is that the Dark Knight was my backup film. I do love it. <laughs> I do love it, but there are, in my opinion, better superhero films. Mm, you're wrong there, but yeah, okay. Mm, 
not. But, but. Oodles, <laughs> what's on your bio? Your favourite movie? I'm, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. The Dark Knight is one of my favourite films <laughs> of all time. But it's been surpassed in the superhero realm. And my favourite person in The Dark Knight isn't Heath Ledger's performance either. <gasps> I like Aaron Eckhart's performance as Two Face. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's literally the only film he's acted in. Yeah, I really like him in that. <laughs> Bear in mind, Aaron Eckhart was in The Call. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is one of Pip's favourite films. But they're in, they're, I don't think there's a wasted actor in Goodfellas at all. It's, there's, 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 well, they yeah. most of them were wasted by the end. Either. Just, the... They're both great films. Yeah, they're both, they're both five out of fives. Tough, tough draw at the right, beginning. So we've got another prelim round to get through first. And the first film up will be... Hot Fuzz. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, Candy. Are the greater good? This is, <laughs> the greater this is good. random in the, out of a hat. Shut it. Against... Oh, Back to the Future. Fuck! Oh, shit. <laughs> so, Candy, Hot Fuzz. Yours is Back to the Future, right? Yep. After you, because I went first last time. She's right. She's right. Ooh, Ooh, fighting tour. Whoa. It's home, got the home big balls on candy. <laughs> it's just gone up a level. Right. Oh, we've got a lot of prep for this today. I think I've brought too much. Uh, Back to the Future. It's a classic sci-fi comedy. It's about a high school student who sent 30 years into the past with the time-travelling DeLorean. The film was directed by Robert Zemeckis, produced by Steven Spielberg, and it stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Christian Glover, and Thomas F. Wilson. It is a timeless classic. Hey. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's full of memorable scenes, great music, amazing characters, and no more so than the central duo of Mike McFly and Doc Brown. Uh, Mike McFly is a perfect protagonist. He's hard to f- it's fi- hard to find a hero with as much charm, uh, humanity, and humor as lovable teenager Mike McFly, brought to life by Michael J. Fox. Uh, Mike's world is kind of thrown upside down after he has to travel back to 1955 to escape some terrorists. <laughs> yeah, and he sure. finds him- it's yep. terrorists. And he well, that's the plot. And he finds himself face to face with his loser father. Uh, not to mention caught into a love triangle with his own mother, uh, which all sounds a bit odd. But on the but other than that, it's a really funny film. And Marty is a successful lead not only because he seems like the coolest kid in school, but also because he actually isn't. His charm draws viewers in, but his true self is a clumsy, awkward teenager. And then there's Doc Brown. Uh, even though he's this mad scientist architect, he um, has been around like for years in many films. It's hard to find like a mad scientist as deranged and heartwarming <laughs> as uh, Christopher Lloyd's Doc Brown. Uh, his wide-eyed expression, frazzled hair, constant relentless roaming, and just constant kind of madness of here and there and everywhere. Like he, the guy just doesn't stop. He is constantly like when he's talking, he's over there and he's over here and he's over here. But you 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 can keep up with him easily, and it's. You just described and... doodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, the, the way did, that him and Marty kind of bounce off each other so. is like that relationship yeah. is just amazing. And like, you know, less said about a teenage boy being friends with a middle aged ah. old man. 
the better. But other than that, like it kind of has this teenage boy with his grandfather relationship. That's what it's supposed to be, isn't it? And it works so well. And, you know, then you throw in Lorraine, George, Biff, and all the other characters. The script fits together like clockwork. There's so many parts in that film where if you actually don't notice it, then it all fits into later in the film. So there's little bits going on in the beginning of the film, just in the background, that actually like mean something later in the film. And it's just... A great script, full of great characters, uh, a really fun story. Uh, like I said, brilliant, brilliant music, and sets out probably one of the best trilogies of all time. And it has an amazing ending. And the fact that we're recording on the twelfth of November. Yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> right now is a pretty seminal date to this film. Uh, and just everything about it, it is. One of the greatest films of all time. There's no denying about that. It's a film that I, it's timeless, it's classic. I've shown it, to, it came out before I was born and I love it. I've shown it to my children and they love it and they've watched the sequels and they love them as well. And it has just probably one of the greatest endings ever where Marty goes back to the future and all of a sudden he's back in 1955. How the fuck is he back there? We don't know. Let's find out in the sequel. Yeah. But it just has this amazing, amazing ending. And everything that leads up to that part is just fun. And it's just one of the funnest f- sci fi's of all time. It's just an amazing adventure film. So there it is. Follow that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, if you want fun films, look no further than Hot Fuzz. Um, I think especially if you're English, you can certainly relate to the kind of small village attitude that which Hot Fuzz is set in. So if you haven't seen it, it's the second in what's called the Cornetto Trilogy by um, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. So it's their kind of team and it's the second, the, the first one being Shaun of the Dead, the third in the film being The World's End. And it follows uh, police officers Nicholas Angel and... Nick Frost character whose name I forget at this point. <laughs> oh, wow. All the homework you were I doing know, for this. I know, it's, it's the wine, it's the wine. Um, Nicholas Angel. That, yeah, that's Simon Pegg's character and then... Let's just say it's Ed from Shaun of the Dead. Ed, Dan- Ed from Shaun of the Dead, that's all you need to know. <laughs> it's Danny, isn't it? It is Danny, yes. You're, you're very correct. Um, it's, it's just one of the funniest films you can possibly see. It's the most quotable. Um, if you've seen the film literally almost every single line you can it's you can relate to any kind of part of uh, the day you can there's just any quote the action sequence sequence is hilarious the one of my favorite scenes is the amdrams section oh, where they're God. doing like a really <laughs> terrible rendition of romeo love and juliet and it's like da, 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 da. love me love me <laughs> say that you love me <laughs> And I cannot tell you the amount of Amdrams that I've been dragged to in my lifetime. That is, and that's one of the better ones. <laughs> and it's also like surprisingly gory as well. Like it has some really scary moments, like the bit where the reporter gets the that uh, the top me of up every the, time. yeah. The, it's like the top of a church steeple just goes directly onto head and completely smashes it in. And like all Edgar Wright films, it all it takes a bit of a turn in the ending scenes where it just. It actually gets quite dark in some places and you've got the horror elements like the greater good and crusty jugglers and you realise that actually the entire village is in on it. They, they're Spoilers. Responsible. 
So sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> They're actually responsible for all these murders purely because they want to win like the best uh, village of the year. Vill- the it? village of the year award. Yeah. So yeah, all the blood guts, everything, have, just have, so they can win. Have this you award. lived in a small rural village? They find that shit very important. <laughs> Having grown up in a small rural village in uh, the West Country, I can relate very hard. It's just. <laughs> It's honestly one of the funniest films you could possibly see. I think you I actually all, stole all a quote from that for that, for that I've used in my everyday life when people say, "Oh, when's your birthday?" and I'll say, "Oh," and someone else say, "Like, oh, twenty and what, what, what year?" And every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that one. <laughs> every year, every year. And we all know what your birthday is as well now. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you join our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, one of, one of the funniest films, one of the most quotable. Everyone loves Simon Pegg. Everyone loves Nick Frost. It's the best of the trilogy. It is absolutely the best of the trilogy by far. I've been seeing some Edgar Wright rankings recently after last night in Soho, and some people had it last, and I was just like, "They're wild." <laughs> what is wrong? What with is them? wrong with you? I mean, uh, it's not I even mean, like even if you don't like it as much as like say Sean Day or Scott Pilgrim, it's the it's better than fucking the world's end. I was gonna say at world's end is objectively the worst. <laughs> yeah. Not that it's a bad film, no, but it's, but just, it's not the... just not as good. Yeah, boy. Right, Oodles. Who are you voting for? Um this is I didn't want it to be as easy as it is, because I think it's a no fucking brainer. It's it's back to the future. It's a it's it's literally one of the best films ever made. It's <laughs> The, 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 do you know what? Because when I first watched Back to the Future, I'm probably about between five and ten. You, you usually watch it when you're before you're a teenager. And there's a moment when I watched it again as a bit older that really it captivated me. Where there's a, the moment where when it's called Two Pines Mall, and then it goes into the past, runs one of the pines over, comes back, and it's the Lone Pine Mall or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a big moment. But the, There's so many Easter the eggs The fucked up film. thing is, though, yeah. Hot Fuzz has those kind of Easter eggs in it. It does. And you can tell there would be no Hot Fuzz or no Shaun of the Dead without Back to the Future. You can tell. You can just tell. It's, it's kind of an... A, the, 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 there's something there. There is an, a homage to it. I know it's not the same, the same genre and stuff, but there's a lot of film... How he's filmed it like that. There's a lot like Easter eggs. That's what we call them now, but we didn't we used to call them Easter eggs and stuff. But <clears> I, I I do love that fuss, but you can't. It's Back to the Future. Do you know what I mean? If you just said Back to the Future Part Three, I'd have probably said Hot Fuzz. You're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know some people like Back to the Future Part Two better than One. They're wrong, but mm-hmm. it's still yeah, a good yeah. film. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Stop calling out our listeners. <laughs> but yeah, it's not. It's not that I don't like hot fuzz because I, I fucking do. And yeah, it's, it's, it's Back to the Future. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you can't go against it, man. It's, it could win this. That's how strong a film Back to the Future it. is. But let's see what Biggie has to say. Biggie. He's not fucking. Li- he's, he's in the same room and he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking uh, something was working fine. Um, no, you, you you put it perfectly because I had exactly the same epiphany when I saw the movie. I saw it again when I was younger, enjoyed the movie for what it was, but didn't really get all yeah. the hidden bits. And then when you just watch it at a certain point 
and it just suddenly you're like, oh, this shit is clever. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and actually, I'm one of those people that actually <coughs> like Shaun of the Dead more than Hot Fuzz. Oh, so you're that that's type. No di- that's no disrespect to Hot Fuzz because I like it, but I'm still a fan of Shaun of the Dead. But yeah, it's Back to the Future for me. I, I, I totally agree with what Stiggy raised and points you brought up as well. Sorry, Ken. You can tell us what which one you'd have voted for. Uh, out, of, out of the two, I would have voted for Hot Fuzz. Not because I don't like Back to the Future. He doesn't like I love it, Back to the it? Future. I like the soundtrack. How I play Johnny B. Good on the guitar is the way Marty McFly plays it. Everyone should. <laughs> because I learned it from that version of the song. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I prefer. I, I am one of those wrong people that prefers Back to the Future too over the first one. <laughs> not because, and again, not because I think Back to the Future is a bad film in any way, but I just, I don't know. I think I preferred the sci-fi aesthetic of Back to the Future too. Um, and with Hot Fuzz, it, it it's as Candy said, it's just infinitely quotable, and it's like a proper feel-good film for me. It's it's one of those films that, even though it's actually dark as fuck, oh, it's dark, and it is dark as fuck. Makes me chuckle. Like the other day, me and Pip were watching one of those kind of police interceptors, police stop kind of kind of programs, and it and it was one of the situations where the policeman was chasing someone, and they went into the kind of the back streets, and they said, "Oh, he's hopping over fences." And immediately, <laughs> I thought of Nick Frost falling through a fence. We literally <laughs> talked about this before we started the podcast about that moment where he falls through the fence. And yeah, it gets me it's every so good. time, every single time. But it 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 gets me so much that. In a serious kind of like cop show kind of thing, I still think of it, <laughs> yep. and it's one of those things that like it's how he smashes future, through like, it. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> so Nicholas good. Angel hopping over fence like like a gazelle, and then just Nick Frost just barrels through it. It's so funny. <laughs> it's how I would go over a fence. And it's <laughs> the thing is, it's such an easy joke, but Edgar Wright knows how to pitch it so well. It hits. It's got a really good so, start yeah. as well where he's, he's arguing. He's like, I don't want to go to this village. All right, we'll meet the superintendent. And he's going all the way up to the top of the yeah. Yeah. man. <laughs> it's so funny. How's the hands? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's to the point where whenever one of my friends moves house, I buy them a piece lily. Yeah. You know, it's something <laughs> stupid like that. But yeah. So yeah, I would have went And it's just us. a bad look, really, because two has. bangers. It's okay. I don't mind. I, I lost to two very <clears> good films. You can get drunk. You can get drunk now. Yeah. Who says she isn't? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll agree that Hot Fuzz could have beat other films in the, yeah. that are in there for me, guaranteed. But it got drawn against mine, so I couldn't do much about it. It's for the greater good. The so, greater good. Back to the Future and Goodfellas go back into the hat. I'm going to draw them against something else. So now we're into, what's this? I think it's this. Semi-final, is it? Quarter-final. Quarter-final. <laughs> Quarter-final. The first film out is... Oh, it's not mine, so I'll do another pitch straight away. It is, it's Jurassic Park. Ooh! I'll just ask a question. If I get drawn against my own film, do we you, draw you, again? You can redraw, You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it's against... Goodfellas. <laughs> We've already had the pitch for Goodfellas, so we can go straight into Jurassic Park. Uh, it's one of the greatest films of all time. You all know it's better than Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do a serious pitch. Life so, in 1993, Steven Spielberg would unleash the definitive dinosaur film. At least to this day, it's not been bettered since. 
It's a film that would set the standard in the 90s for CG effects and a good portion of which are still effective to this day. It's adapted by the novel by Michael Crichton. This film focuses more on man's hubris, but sets out its ability to change, whereas the novel's a bit more cynical about man's perfecting nature. And this is kind of what Spielberg and the writer of the screenplay, Corpus, brought to the film. They take the good stuff from the novel and they perfect it to make this film. Um, Add to that, it's one of the greatest film scores of all time by John Williams. It's a soundtrack that's so iconic even to this day that it carries you into the imagination of Spielberg, Crichton and Coep. It transports you to a place where dinos walk the earth. Science makes everything possible. It's um, not only is the soundtrack amazing, but the sound design for that film is outstanding and second to none. The noise that the dinosaurs make are incredible. Um, and in some cases, really scary. That T-Rex roar is iconic. Those raptor screeches when you're a young child are scary as fuck. Yep. And if you've ever been to a theme park that has a dino land there, they basically just steal Jurassic Park sounds yeah. because they know how good those sounds sound. What Spielberg did with Jurassic Park is exactly what he did for Jaws. He took, he made the perfect dinosaur film. So where he made the perfect shark film with Jaws that's never been bettered, he did that with Jurassic Park. And nearly 30 years later, as I said, it's not been bested. And I, to be honest, in our lifetime, I don't think it ever will be. You watch the current adaptations of the Jurassic World Fuck. films, and you can throw <laughs> as much CGI and special effects into them, but nothing will have the charm and the special feeling that you get from watching, watching that first Jurassic Park. It stars a plethora of amazing actors, from Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Richard Attenborough. And we've talked about this before, how the mark of a great actor is seeing a character and not an actor. Yeah. And I can't think of a film better than Jurassic Park where your four leads are those characters. When you watch that film, it's Ellie Sadler, Alan Grant, John Hammond, and Ian Malcolm. It isn't the actors. It's the characters. You are watching those characters. You are going through everything with those characters. And I think they're just, all of them are just outstanding in that film. Outside of the cast and crew, the the, the movie captures imagination like no other film. It, in 1993, it's a dinosaur film with that outstanding CGI. And yes, before Oodles touches on it, the Brachiosaurus scene is very outdated and looks a bit shit. But everything else is, and all the other set pieces look absolutely fantastic. Everyone remembers the first time they see the T-Rex with that water vibrating and it steps out and it roars and it attacks the car. You remember the T-Rex chase scene, the Gallimimus stampede, the raptors in the kitchen, and then that T-Rex saving the day with that iconic shot of it roaring and the banner falling down. All of that looks absolutely incredible. And it's a film that's quoted endlessly. Everyone's got fond memories of watching it. I've said this before on the pod, but I remember going to see that film at seven years old and being in awe of the T-Rex, being so scared of it, I actually grabbed my dad's hand because like it scared me that much seeing that T-Rex on the screen for the first time. And like even in all these years later, it holds up. Um, just like Back to the Future, I've shown my kids Jurassic Park and she absolutely loves it. It's a cinematic masterpiece and it's probably one of the most important films of the 90s and especially in Spielberg's 
Korea. And if we didn't have Jurassic Park, a little tidbit, you wouldn't get Shindler's list. So think about that. <laughs> Jurassic Park funded Shindler's list. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that let's not be around the bush. Jurassic Park's won this round. But I want to talk about the fact that <laughs> I think and I'm sorry, but it's against my, my I think Jurassic Park's a more important film than two thousand one Space Odyssey, Citizen Kane, all those I think it's these the most in one of the most important films that Hollywood have ever produced in our lifetimes and in any lifetime. And I know I'm, I'm batting for the wrong team here, but this yeah, you, you don't seem to be understanding the rules here. Yeah, dude, dude, it's Jurassic Park. Goodfellas is 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 absolutely exceptional, my most watched film of all time. But it's Jurassic Park. The only thing, in my opinion, that I could even slate on Jurassic Park is the fact that every single film after it's been wank. But that's not nothing to do with that masterpiece that's already there. So it's against me, but use your brain and vote for Jurassic Park. <laughs> if anything, the fact that every sequel's not even measured up to it is telling. Never us will. The first one is. I think it's. I think it's. It's one of, if not the most important film ever made. I know it's ridiculous, and it's about something fantastical. And yeah, Schindler's List came after it, and you need that film. And there's, do you know, when there's there's films that you you need that need to be to be out there for especially human history, and especially especially things like Schindler's List. But Jurassic Park, as a fantasy film, it, I think it's one of the most important ones ever. <laughs> there you go. I'm helping you. <laughs> so so I'll I'll jump in just to push it forward. I haven't seen Goodfellas. Love Jurassic Park. Over that. Yeah. Mm. You should I agree. It's just Jurassic Park. The only thing that I would possibly disagree with what you would say is that Jeff Goldblum is playing Jeff Goldblum yeah. again. Yeah, he is exactly he is the same Jurassic character. Park. I think he's got weirder as he's got older. Yeah, he's really grown into his The Goldblum, thing is with Jeff Goldblum. To be fair to be fair, he's grown into his Ian Malcolm as he's got no, older. He's, 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 yeah. he's more Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park than he is in Independence Day. He's quite nerdy and laid back in Independence Day. He's not laid back at I all. He's think, fucking highly I strung. Think, I don't think he got that weird until like late, to, like like these days. Like at all. yeah, I agree with. I agree. It, it, you can't, if you watch him in The Fly or Jurassic Park or like, said, there's that there's that scene all, in Jurassic Park characters. where he's got his top off. That meme. <laughs> he knows what he's fucking <laughs> exactly. doing. If if, if yeah. for nothing else, look at that meme. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, I'm going to surprise everyone here, and I'm picking good. Fellas. Wow. Well, you're wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not, because it's my own personal choice. And I like Jurassic Park, but to me, it hasn't had that impact on me. I think it's a great movie. But Maybe because you were I older when prefer, it came out. Probably. Maybe I it's an age thing. The, That's not even a joke. I think Gadget's going for me. <laughs> <laughs> Gadget's done. He's walked away from the podcast. No, I'm being serious. It's not, it might not be. It's, so when, he's, when his picks come out, we'll just throw him in the bin. It's not, <laughs> it's not a joke. It, it might be an age thing. I, like, I was a child when I watched this in cinema. Yeah, I was and, I, and I was an adult, and I think you know, seeing you know, walking with dinosaurs, seeing Jurassic Park, they're two great projects that have shown you, in a way, what it must have been like and how fascinating it would be if we could see that. But yeah, I still prefer Goodfellas out of the two. It's still my choice. Wow. I prefer it. So for not a acting. whitewash. 
it, it is also worth bearing in mind that Michael Crichton's book of Jurassic Park is fucking terrible. Yeah. It's awful, isn't it? I was just about to it's say that. It's so bleak and depressing. It's basically, and just, it's basically his other book, isn't it? Westworld. <laughs> it's basically yeah. that. Don't read Michael Crichton books. No, They're the terrible. <laughs> Everyone makes better media out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So those two go back in the hat. Now that we've done that, haven't we? Well, Goodfellas doesn't go back in the hat. So yeah, Jurassic true. Park can stay there. And the next round will be... You still need to watch Goodfellas today, Gadget. All right, we'll sort that out. And seven. <laughs> we have Parasite against the fifth element. <laughs> Do you want me to go first, mate? Because mine's the hardest you to discuss. You were drawn first, sorry. Yeah, I'll go first. So, Parasite. Um... It's a South Korean black comedy thriller uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho, who is now a household name in a lot of households. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the film, Get Ready Guys, starring Song, Ka- Song Ka- Kang-ho, Lee Sun-kyun, Jo Yo-jung, Cho Woo-shik, Park so This is Jam, all I ever wanted for Christmas, incidentally, in, in pronouncing South Korean actors. Lee Jung-yun. <laughs> John Cheatham is crying right now. Absolutely, that was real. Absolutely nailed that. Oodles. Absolutely nailed Thanks, it. Don't mate. ignore these. And that was a lot harder because my lungs are at a lower capacity. <laughs> oh, <look at> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, it follows, basically, the, this is so difficult because the less I say about this, the better. It follows a poor family um, who scheme to become employed by a wealthy family and infiltrate their household by posing as unrelated, highly qualified individuals. And that's really all I really want to talk about the plot of this film. Um, if you haven't seen it, I think it's one of the most important modern day films. Uh, and especially as it's a foreign language film as well to us at least and it's made such a cultural impact it's won Oscar um, I think two Oscars I think it won two Oscars uh, uh, foreign language film uh, and Best Picture Best Film Best Film yeah mm. Best Picture mm. which is First foreign language film to do it yeah which is huge It's that I'm so glad that's happened and I'm glad it's a film that when I watched it and I've watched it in the last two years for the first time and when I watched it I was like yeah, yeah, of course, of course this has won. This subverted absolutely every expectation I've ever had in a film. People think, oh, Sixth Sense, what? oh my God, it's subverted my expectations. No, no, no. Parasite subverts absolutely everything you think you know about it. Even though, because when I first saw Parasite, I thought it was a sci-fi thing. You know what I mean? Because it sounds like a sci-fi thing, Parasites and stuff like that, but it's, pretty, it's more literal, literal than that. Do you think it had a literal parasite? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? Why, why wouldn't I? Do you know what I mean? It's what I've been trained to believe from Hollywood, but it's not Hollywood. This. If you've seen some of his previous films, then you could probably understand why you'd think that. Mm. Now there you go. Watch host. Yeah, host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I, no, thank you. I, I just, I just think parasite as a as a tale of humanity is spellbinding. It's absolutely everything. It's one of those things where, and some people, and I know we're not like that on this show, but some people don't like reading subtitles and stuff like that. This is one of those that proves that it doesn't fucking matter. You forget that you're reading it. 
every just the emotion on and, and, and a language I don't speak or understand. The emotion you're getting out of just hearing it, even if you're not reading it, and everything they do, and just and the fact that beneath the hood, I didn't know that there's a lot of CGI involved in this film and stuff. This house is not that the house that it's set in. It's not the house that you think it is in real life. They've put a lot into it and stuff, and it's just yeah, it's, it's so hard that I can't really describe. If you've never seen it, I can't. You just have to watch it because it's 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 a nice play on class and the class system in South Korea and stuff like that. I I think it's such an important film. It's it's top ten films of all time. I think it's it it deserves more than just the awards it got. It needs to be in a hall of fame. It needs to be it needs to be syllabus for media students. It, it's, it's it, yeah, it, it's just a vital film. And please, if you've not even watched it, if you I don't like watching films like that, shut up and get some fucking culture. <laughs> get some culture, because it also spoke. It's it's such a special film, and it's just stunning to look at. And it was so cheaply made as well, and it's grossed loads of money since that. And yeah, it's just so important. Love it, adore it. Parasite. It's an excellent film. But let's hear what Gadget has to say about the fifth element. I mean, it's the fucking fifth element. I, the, <laughs> the fifth element is Luke Besson's <coughs> last good film. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it, it, it's just the argument. It is a, it, it's well, technically a French film. It stars Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, uh, Chris Tucker, not Chris Rock, I always get those two mixed up, uh, Gary Oldman, and a uh, Ian Holm as well and a whole host of others it is a sci-fi romp in the campest possible way about a universe ending threat and the solution to said threat and it's pretty simple but it is one of the most gorgeous films I've ever seen visually it is absolutely stunning uh, for 1995 it has it's still the special effects still hold up it has a lot of um, practical effects. It has a lot of kind of early CGI that just seems to fucking work. It's charming. It's stylish. It's a lot of fun. It's infinitely quotable. Chris Tucker's character, Ruby Rod, is amazing. Um, and there's, there's not much more I have to say about it. It's one of those films, if you've seen it, you'll enjoy it. It's probably not as good as Parasite, but... <laughs> I love it for the simple fact is that I think it's the first time I've seen Gary Oldman playing a bad guy. But Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg is just so fucking charming. Like, he, he is one of those characters that, I know you're a cunt. I know it's you're pure a pure Machiavellian. Guy, I love you nonetheless. <laughs> pure Machiavellian. He's just enjoying Absolutely. himself. Absolutely. Just... He's the campest of camp bad guys. Mm. And it's just a film that, when I put it in for this, that I knew it wasn't going to win it. But it's one of those films that I remember from my childhood that just gives me the warm fuzzies. I can watch it endlessly and just enjoy it every time. And I think the best films are the ones that you can just watch over and over again and never get bored of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Fifth Element. Watch it. Love it. Good pick. Adore it. Excellent pitch. Candy, what are you going for? I am going to go for Parasite, I'm afraid. I... Fifth Element is just not one that hit for me. It was too sci-fi. It was too sort of campy and out there for me. And I normally love Gary Oldman as well. And it, I just didn't. I just didn't get it. It just wasn't my thing. Whereas Parasite, 
it just came out of nowhere and it was just absolutely incredible it's it doesn't it's not particularly scary it's not particularly dramatic but it's just such an original kind of concept i think that i just i absolutely enjoy like i loved it and like Oodle said, you don't even notice that you're reading subtitles. And I've actually been enjoying reading subtitled films as well re- more recently. Um, I think Parasite helped me with that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it just takes a couple of minutes to get used to, and then you don't even notice it, do you? Because you're playing it out in your head. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, and I, I don't want to say too much about the story. Don't spoil it. I've done really well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not going to, but it's just it's incredible. I I just love Parasite. Excellent. Biggie? Yeah, I'm the same. Um, Fifth Element, didn't really get it. Still. (laughs) (laughs) I was right for candy, but not for me. Uh, Yeah, Parasite is something else. Um, I actually saw that movie without knowing anything about it. So I I just assumed it was going to be some Korean horror movie. I bet you wanted to run out and go, everybody watch this. Yeah, you just want to tell everybody about it. And just the diet. The dynamics of the family, um, all the hidden meanings, and then I think, I think it was Dumican on Odd originally. Did he mention about all the hidden meanings what, and the posters? What, one of the older hosts of, did, yeah, yeah, they did. All, there's lots of stuff that I didn't even pick up on um, from the um, marketing as well, and yeah, I, I just think Fifth Element just isn't aimed for me, and yeah, just which is weird because really you're, that, you're, you're a sexy guy film. and it's a sexy film. <laughs> I want to punch Chris Tucker in the face. Oh, in that fuck movie. Off. I really do. No, you fuck off. Um, I just hate him. He does my head in in that movie. Come on, come on. And this is why. Um, come on, the man. Yeah, come, it's, come on, the man. Come on, the man. I probably, what I probably should do is actually watch it again and then see if I still feel the same way. But yeah, I didn't get Fifth Element, so it's Parasite for me, I'm afraid. Right. Well, I'm not going to let you down. Well, I am going to let you down, Gadget, but I'm not going to say that I didn't like Fifth Element because I do like Fifth Element because it's a brilliant film. Yeah, it's it's fine. Like, honestly, I don't mind losing to Parasite. I know Parasite's an incredible film. It's fine. But yeah, Parasite is a fucking incredible film. <laughs> but Fifth Element so, is also, great. Also, stick Parasite on that list of things I need to watch. What? Oh, yes. It's all right. We'll go through these. We'll make a list. <laughs> what the fuck? But I'm sorry. I've it's got to be not, Parasite. I've been busy oodles. I've not had time. Right, we've got four more films in this hat until next round. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting my one. breath back. <laughs> <laughs> we have Alien versus June. You're fucked. June, really? No, mm. June 2021. No, I know. I know, it's, I know it's not that one. <laughs> you do. June. <laughs> Fucking Dune. Just translated for the West Country people. So, Alien, Biggie, sell us on the film Alien. I don't need to. Alien is one of the greatest <laughs> science fiction horror films ever directed. Oh, you wouldn't have Dune if it wasn't for Alien. It's filmed in 1979. The, the book came out before <laughs> the film. <laughs> um, yeah, it was filmed in 1979. Just remember that. 1979, it was directed by Ridley Scott, written by Diana Bannon, based on a story by Diana Bannon and Ronald Shusette. It follows the crew of the commercial space tug Nostromo, who, for some reason, touch willies. 
<laughs> what? Somebody's put a typo in my notes. Whilst All right, we've Ron Burgundy. Been out of the room. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> And of course, like Ron Burgundy, you read what's on the autopilot. Plus, no, I saw it earlier. I was Stig just laughing. I was obviously going to say Stig it. Stig is laughing his head off. So we're in. We're in. Look at him. I can read it. It's not like I'm not going to read it. I can read it. Someone called my name. I actually think we have killed Stig. I'm in so much pain. Go on, let me show my so much <laughs> it's the most I've laughed since I broke my phone <laughs> I'm having to hold my laughs in because it's fucking killing me <laughs> I saw it when I came back in the room and I saw it and I was just like okay someone's done that I really hope you haven't seen it you just read it out <laughs> oh man I'm wrong so going back to my original notes So it follows the crew of the commercial space tug Nostromo, who don't touch willies, and encounter (laughs) (laughs) the eponymous alien, an aggressive and deadly extraterrestrial set loose on the ship. You do know that everyone's names have changed as well. You do know that everyone's names have changed on Zoom as well, don't you? Yeah, that's why I haven't referred to everyone else that way. You alright? The film stars Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yafet Koto. I mean, just those names there. What a Banner. what a star in cast. Um, it was distributed, obviously, by 20th Century Fox. The artwork um, by Swiss artist H.R. Geiger, um, whose concept work was just throughout the movie, particularly, obviously, with the alien and the surroundings. Just incredible. Um, it only features seven human characters in the story. We've already talked a lot about this movie on this pod, but for me, it is up there as well. It is my pick of one of the yeah. greatest films ever made. Um, Ridley Scott sought to hire strong actors um, so that he could focus more of his energy on the film's visual style, which is very clear. Um, the fact that if you watch it now, it still stands out. Yes, the computer, the computers in there look a bit dated, but it kind of just it feels right for that movie. Again, it's the hair, um, isn't it? That just lay, the, yeah, the, the curly hair might give it away, yeah. but well, I don't have hair, so it doesn't matter for me. Um, <laughs> You're timeless. But yeah, it, weird. I, I think the movie is just timeless for space. Um, the effect of the scare of the alien, which you don't see for the majority of the movie till near the end, uh, so you don't even really know what it looks like. Um, everybody on board the Nostromo is looked at as like everyday people, so you sort of kind of. Um, what's the word empathise with the crew on there like the frustration that they're just trying to get home and they've got to go off and see what's happened with the signal uh, to find out um, what's happened it's Dan O'Bannon put his finger on the problem that they had for the story was how they're going to get the alien onto their ship in an interesting way and uh, there's a quote here that says um, if we could just solve that it can't just be snuck in and then all of a sudden it came to his mind I think I have an idea let's get the alien to screw one of them <laughs> it jumps on his face and plants its seed and then they went that's it we've got the whole movie and that scene where the hugger jumps out of the egg onto Ian Hurt's face still scares me to this day um, it's a very John uncomfortable viewing huh? John Hurt's face not Ian Hurt. oh sorry yes John Hurt um, yeah it's <laughs> it just it's really unnerving particularly when the um 
the tail of the hugger yeah, curls around, around his neck. I think it sets it. Just, it. It's <laughs> it just yeah. I just think that alien that's absolutely awful. Um, and yeah, I just love the th- the thrill of the movie. Um, Sigourney Weaver is fantastic in this. She literally is a representation of women as a hero. Um, I can't believe that it was filmed in 1979, and even now today we still don't. It's taken a long time to have women in cinema that look that strong as characters. They've dripped into movies throughout the years, but really Sigourney Weaver absolutely nailed it in 1979. She was so good in this, considering she's not really done many movies before that. Um, I think the special effects are outstanding because, again, they were practical. There's very little CGI involved in this at all. It was all effects, models, etc. Um, yeah, just this is Alien. Just one of the greatest movies ever made. Alien. Ooh. Well, I've recovered now. <laughs> just about. So, Gadget, tell us why June 2021 should go through. So, I mean, Frank Herbert's Dune was released in the 1960s. <laughs> so, you know, before Alien. The book. The book. Not the movie. Yeah. Often considered the unfilmable book. Because, well, quite frankly, the book is fucking impenetrable in places. <laughs> and it's a difficult read. It's no, I, I will fully admit, I, I adore Dune. I adore all the Dune books. They're not easy to read. The last one's particularly but, difficult to read. This is why audiobooks for June are perfect because yeah, absolutely. it's so much easier to just listen to. Agreed. Um, the, the, the David Lynch film, I'll admit, it, it set us June heads back. It was not a good time in cinema. It's one of the worst things I've Bear ever mind, watched. I'm looking at a canvas of, of, of Sting right now <laughs> in place of Oodles. I think I need to watch this film. I think I need to watch it's it. so bad. Don't. 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 Um, but. Denny Villeneuve is a man I trust immensely with cinema. Otter. He is one of the greatest directors of all time. And to my mind, at this point, hasn't made a bad film. He's made some films that are better than others, Hmm. but I don't think he's made a bad film. Ridley Scott's made some fucking turkeys. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not here about the other movies. We're just talking about... This, this is how arguments go. He knows what he... Gods of Egypt? Fuck He knows that. what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> anyway. What about, just... the, what about what Ridley Scott did to the legacy of Alien? Well, there is also that as well. Anyway, regardless of that, I, I was excited for Denny Villeneuve's uh, take on Dune since it was announced. I was devastated when the pandemic hit, not because the pandemic hit, but because it delayed Dune. I don't care about the rest of the world. I just wanted to see Dune. Um, But it came out. We saw it. And it has immediately jumped probably into my top 10 films of all time. Oh. After Alien. <laughs> Alien's around there. He's not telling you. Oh. He's not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so Dune is... I think the best way to describe it to someone who hasn't seen Dune or read Dune is like, imagine Game of Thrones, but in space. Perfect. It, 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 it's that same kind of quasi-political, intense... Very dramatic. Hard sci-fi. Sometimes melodramatic. Hard sci-fi. But it does things differently that a lot of other sci-fi doesn't do. For instance, there's no fucking computers in this world. Um, in, in the lore of the Dune universe, there was a war against the machines. They did a full Terminator, dun, 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 dun. beat the machines, and banned machines. Within Denny Villeneuve's film, he, what he's managed to do is take the best bits of the book 
take out the unnecessary bullshit because there are a lot of plot threads that are completely unnecessary in the book. They must take out a lot of the unnecessary bullshit, create a visually arresting and stunning film, manage to satisfy the fans of the book, manage to give Timothy Chalamet something else to do other than looking pretty because he actually acts in this one and I'm very happy to see that. They... He somehow, Denny Villeneuve somehow manages to convince uh, Oscar Isaacs to grow the most amazing beard. It's a stunning beard. It, it, it's one of the best beards of all time. They give Josh Brolin another fucking cool role. Yeah. He gets Jason Momoa to act. <laughs> and that My doesn't man. happen very often. Without a beard. Without a beard. He does just, just play a like, cool guy. Yeah. No, I mean, Duncan Idaho is just a cool guy anyway. Yeah. He's just a cool guy. But regardless, Jason Momoa acts imperfectly. And I think what Denny Villeneuve has managed to do is he's managed to film the unfilmable film. Yeah, that English is properly. Yeah, he films the unfilmable film, and it is spectacular. It is understated. The first time that you see the ornithopters, which are these kind of dragonfly-looking helicopter things, it's incredible, and they're exactly how I imagined them reading the book. The sandworms are huge and enormous and terrifying. The fact that he managed, Denny Villeneuve manages to capture the, the idea of like sand looking like water when the sandworms turn up to get the, um, uh, the worm sign right. Uh, the soundtrack from Hans Zimmer is spectacular. He like made up instruments. Like, there's sounds there that I've never heard before. I think just, it, it's one of those things where no one plays a bad part. Everyone is excellent. And Stellan Skarsgård is incredible as Baron Harkin. He's good in everything. I mean, he's good in everything, yeah, but he's particularly incredible as as the Baron. I, I, I just think it's it's one of the best films I've ever seen. I can't wait for it's part two. It's fucking gross looking. Yeah, perfectly mm. so. And that's what the Baron should look yeah. like. The Baron should be awful. Like the Baron should be like the person you look at and go, oh, you know. No one's ever been a good-looking so, Baron. No, true. <laughs> I mean, the bloody Baron, especially. Oh God, no. But yeah, it's just Dune. The, the the new version of Dune. I just think it, it's straight up there on my top ten films of all time. Strong that, strong. Right, Dune is incredible. I watched it again last night. So good. But <laughs> what? No, 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 there's no buts here. <laughs> there is a but. Because one person in this room doesn't like it. And one person hasn't seen it. So I think, unfortunately, you might be struggling a little. I mean, well, this is just rude. <laughs> Had it not it's been a drawn against one of Biggie's films, he might have backed you up. <laughs> so, Candy, you might as well just... Say alien. I'm afraid so. Dune. Oh, God, what a bullshit. I mean, she's wrong. She's wrong. <laughs> Come on, let's have a fight. Trust me, she's, she's wrong, Gadget. She's very she's wrong. wrong. Might be the most wrong anyone's ever been. No, I'm, I'm, we'll get into that. Don't worry. I think it's everyone else that's wrong, but even if it weren't Dune that it was I mean, everyone else can again. pronounce the name of the film correctly. So. <laughs> June. Um, but yeah, no. Even if it wasn't alien, uh, even if it wasn't doing the alien was going against, I really like this film for the reasons you listed. Like Ripley's just such a strong character in such a long time ago, and it's 
I, I don't think we've seen really a feel like a proper sort of action woman type character since then. Like there's lots of strong women leads, but not that kind of like brawny takes control kind of character. You need to watch really. the underworld films. I've told you this before. <laughs> yeah, I have, but I don't think even Oh, that was Even a joke. Then she's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everyone assumed that Dallas was going to be. Everyone assumed that Dallas was going to be like the hero of the movie. It was quite clear. We mentioned that, that last time, didn't we? Designed that way. Were they and then, I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, quite frankly, Dallas was a shit cap. Oh God, <laughs> he went against all yeah, the rules. I, I just like Candy's saying. It's just Sigourney Weaver just absolutely fucking nailed that role. Yeah. So okay, so I'm going to concede the fact that I've lost here, but how do you know? Well, because Stig and Candy and Biggie, ah. the maths checks out. Oh. But I, but I, 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 I will say, I mean, Alien is my number one film of all time in June 2021. Is my second <laughs> film of all time. So. I, I, I haven't, I didn't actually decide. It's just that one person hasn't, he hasn't seen it, so he can't really vote for a film he's not seen. Well, either way, the, either way, the maths is not in my. I favor. have to think tactically as well. You never know. You might get drawn against something that's. You haven't forgiven me for voting against Metal Gear Solid Three, have you? I, I, I'll, not, I'll never forget that. <laughs> Let's not do no tactical tactical voting. That's artistic integrity. Remember. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah just stick it I would have voted Alien. Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> uh, if, if Dune is Dune is going to lose against anything, I'm fine for it to lose against Alien. It's my favorite film of all time. <laughs> I mean, do I? I? I love June. I love the June film. I watched it again last night, and I've like I say, it. like I say, it bounced straight up into my top ten of all time at number two. <laughs> my favorite film this year. Don't so. look confused, Candy. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't. I like June. I think it's brilliant because I've read the book and it had everything in the book that I wanted it. Everything I wanted it to have but, was in there. But as a counterpoint, this is off the record. I'll cut this out. Pip hasn't read the book and she adored it. Yeah, I know. So it's not that. Even. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I worry too much. I think it might. I think it must be because I'm the only one that I know that didn't like. I wouldn't. It. I don't even know if I like it or not. I wouldn't worry about it though because like Aliens got like a 94 Rotten Tomato and June's got like an 80 odd. So you're not on your own. I mean, the critics are wrong. Of course they are. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I know I'm going to love June. I know I am. I'm not right. I'm not daft, but last one. Um, voted yeah. Oh, we're back to the fit. It doesn't matter. The, oh. the, the... <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> the numbers mean that gadget lost. Wow. I love you gonna vote forward. for a, you're not gonna vote for a film you've not seen, are you? Well, maybe out of spite now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, both me and Candy are out at this point. We can just sit in the corner and get drunk. So back to the future. We've already heard my pitch. The thing. Biggie. Ooh, fucking Ooh, hell. Two sci-fi classics. Bangers. Two. <laughs> Yeah, the the thing swaps between Alien and the Thing for me is my movie of all time. You like um, you like a monster, don't you? a monster. I just like great movies. Touches Willie. Yeah, uh... <laughs> 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 yeah. The, there's something about this movie. Um, it's the 1982 American science fiction horror classic by John Carpenter. Um, American science fiction horror movie uh, released in 1982. Um, the cast is fantastic. It's Kurt Russell. Uh, playing the helicopter pilot RJ McCready. It's got Alfred, um, A. Al Wilford Brimley, T.K. Carter, David <coughs> Clooney, Keith David, Richard Dysart, Charles Hallam, Peter Maloney, Richard Mazur, Donald Moffat, and Joe Polis and Thomas G. Waits, all in supporting roles. Um, 
what I love about this movie is it being set in the Antarctica, um, the research site. Um, something goes wrong where um, a Norwegian pilot is chasing the dog um, across the ice, is trying to shoot it. The dog makes it into the camp. As the pilot lands to try and take out the dog, they end up killing the pilot. They have no idea what was going on here, what anything's happening. The paranoia begins right off the bat. And the movie just goes into this incredible isolation of this research center as the thing, parasitic extraterrestrial life form, starts to assimilate members of the team. What's great about this movie is that you never know who is who in this film. Even um, as Kurt Russell seems to be the, sort of the standout of the group, even you're not 100% sure who he is. Um, and it's just that paranoia amongst everybody. Nobody trusts anybody. The atmosphere throughout the film is beautifully done. Um, I've seen this movie so many times. It doesn't matter that I know what happens. I know who's who. It doesn't make any difference to me. I can just soak up the atmosphere. The the moments through the corridors of the research centre where nobody says anything, it's just the dull sounds of the um, machinery in the background or you can hear the howl of the wind outside um, it just creates this atmosphere where you just really don't know what is going on and all the team members are fearful for their life the special effects even though they were practical still look good today yes there may be the odd moment where it doesn't quite look as good as you would today but I just think the, the amount of work that went into this movie and on top of that the documentary that also mm. is a feature length movie shows you how they made that movie behind the scenes. And it's incredibly well done. It's enthralling to hear the stories of what they went through to make this movie. And I think it stands the test of time. Um, it has a brilliant ending, which at one point the, um, the studio were going to try and go for the good ending. But in fact, the fact that he left it on this ambiguous, not quite sure who's who at the end of the movie as well, just sealed the deal for me. I think it's a fantastic movie and deserves to be number one. Good pitch. Right. Well, we've heard my pitch already for Back to the Future. We've heard Biggie's pitch for the thing. Gadget, let us know. What you Genuinely thinking. in distress at this one because I really like both films. So am I. <laughs> yeah. One of my films is in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, again, probably because, I, because my original opinion was that um, I preferred Back to the Future 2. I'll probably go with The Thing. The Thing's one of those films, like, I'm not a horror head. I don't particularly like horror films. But I fucking love The Thing. <laughs> like, it's a really good film. And it's it's one of those films where, like, just, like, tension is so high constantly. Um, the blood scene in particular. Yeah, the... And the practical effects are just so good. Like, legitimately terrifying monsters in it. The whole Petri dish thing. Fuck me. That fucks me up every single time. And again, like you, Biggie, I've seen it like a thousand times. In the Petri dish, it's just like... Yeah, like I've I've seen it loads of times and it still makes me wince in places. So, yeah, I'll go with the thing. Goodbye. Hey, Oodles. This is the hardest one for me so far. This, I... I, It's difficult, but... Okay. Power of love, mate. Power of love. I think both of these films are what I consider some of my comfort films. I know it sounds ridiculous, the thing being a comfort film, but it is. I've mentioned it before. (laughs) It makes me feel warm and fuzzy watching it. 
Yeah, uh, Back to the Future, same thing. Um, why are you wearing a life jacket? I agree. It's not his life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's... Mm, that... I have to go with my gut and what film I'd put on now if I could. I have to say the thing. It's fine. I think I I I, I just I, <laughs> Ooh, I think no off. I I think like the thing is better than Alien. I always have. Oh, that, uh, that's I do, I, and I like that the thing is more Hitchcockian. It's more uh, Agatha Christie. It's it's not. I I don't see it as a, a sci-fi. I know it is. It's got fucking Alien in it. But I don't see it as a sci-fi film. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I see it as a, a murder mystery type film. Who done it? Who is it? Yeah, it is. It is a bit of a who done it. And I love that genre. So yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to complain. I've seen the thing once. That boggles my mind. In my no, I've seen it once, and I think it's up there as one of the greatest films ever. Yeah, from one from one view. Yeah, yeah. I love them both. Back to the Future. Oh my god, it's such a perfect film, but. And excuse the pun, the weird thing about the thing is that it was a failure on release. Yeah. It didn't do very yeah. well, but it, it's that cult behind it that people saw it on TV, on video. Plus you put Kurt yeah. Russell in front of me and I'm going to watch him for hours. Well, yeah. Of course, I fucking yeah. love Kurt Russell. Love him. I mean, I mean, you're the one person who enjoyed that Santa film. I know. I loved it. <laughs> I didn't mind the first one, Angel. The second one was shy. I loved them both. I even like Escape from LA. What is wrong nice. with me? Nobody anyway, likes Escape from LA. Kurt Russell doesn't like Escape from LA. Can, can, are you going to give me one vote? Well, it's really hard because there's such different films to compare to each other. I, I saw Back to the Future throughout my childhood and grew up with it, and I didn't see the thing till I was older, but. The first time I saw it, I was just absolutely horrified by it. And I mean that in an absolutely good way, because it's just, even now, some of the visual effects and everything, it's just, oh, God, it makes my skin crawl. You can't even watch the thing, can you? The upside upside down head spider thing. Yeah, Yeah, there it is. And I say I was I say I was older when I saw it, but I still definitely wasn't old enough to watch it because it just it really shit me up. I so. first watched it when I was twenty five. I wasn't old <laughs> enough to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> when he turns around and says, "You've got to be fucking kidding me." And that head just starts crawling. Oh, did, did how the no. but how the fuck they did that? Well, that's nowhere near just... as scary as when he's in the chair behind him going. Was it, was it Tom Savini that did the special effects? I, for us? I, I don't really find the monster that terrifying. I, I find that listen, I find the paranoia. Same. And we all make everything and we more stick. terrifying. None of it scares me. I, it's, it's... I, I, I don't get scared by monsters that shit like that. I get more scared about the, the fact that the humans turn on each yep, other. Because same. They can't trust whether this human is who he's meant to be. Mm. I rarely get scared by monsters, but I think this was one of the ones that actually did get me. But that said, I am going to go with Back to the Future because it's yes, it's you. just more nostalgic. Doesn't matter. For me. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gone with you first. It might have swear doodles. It, well, it could have done any, <laughs> with, with them two. Feel any any good pitch could have just put, pulled me back because yeah. fuck they are heavyweight so we're down to the semi-finals I'm going to read through what we've lost we've lost Back to the Future <sighs> we've lost Goodfellas we've lost June 2021 we've lost The Dark Knight we've lost Fifth Element we've lost Hot Fuzz uh, so we're going to do the last four the last crusade first one up is the thing again. 
And it's going against... Oh, shit, one's popped out there. Oh, that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> Let's give it a good squizzle round. He's really milking this, isn't he? I am milking it. He's got powerful ones. So it's popped out and he's really milking it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm locking my door this evening. <laughs> I'm a lucky man. <laughs> Alien biggie. Ooh. Oh, fuck! Oh, hang on. Oh, it's a big bundle. It's Jurassic Park versus Alien. No? No, it's Alien the versus, versus the Alien. Thing. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Huh. Well, I'm picking uh, the thing. We... Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Who doesn't pick the thing? Should we leave Biggie to the, the last or should we let him vote first? I mean, doesn't. No, if we leave, if we leave him to the last one, but then he, it won't matter. No. Will it? So, what do you want to do? Do you want us to vote first, or do you want to vote? That's it. What you've said already. Yeah, probably the thing. It makes sense, doesn't it? Huh? You said alien was your favorite he's film of all time. He's being tactical. How can you be tactical? Both of are out. No, you're right. Sorry, I, Oodles has confused me. I had in my head that it was Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> this has been... A, I'm on my sixth... Big Morelli. <laughs> alien. Yeah, it alien. is a thing versus alien, people. Yes. Oodles, you're not helping. We have one vote for the thing. We have one vote for alien. I am going to go alien. for... Thing. See if the thing went for alien. Fuck. <laughs> You've done that purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie, pick your winner. Oh, it is literally down to you, then, Biggie. Fuck! 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 <laughs> fuck! I think the thing is a better film. <laughs> yeah, they're both incredible. That's I literally the wanted to watch both of these. It's not as long either. I don't, it's, it's nowhere near as long. It's it's a bit more pacey. It is. It is. Even with the slow. Yeah. Bits in the thing. Welcome to Modern Escapism to Sophie's Choice. Yeah, which kid do you want to kill? Where Biggie has to choose between his two favourite children. (laughs) As opposed to his actual child. It's so hard because they're so good. (laughs) So fucking good. I love Alien. Alien's so fucking good. They're both incredible films. That's where we're at. That that is the point of this podcast. (laughs) What's left? No, 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 no. Don't work like that. Doesn't matter what's left. Pick your favourite between your two children. You should have paid attention. I didn't pay attention. I got. You can remember what your own movie was. Your favourite. No, it was confusing. Oh my god. Um, the thing. Wise choice. That's it. Alien. We've actually flown it out of the air. Heartbreak throughout. Yeah, literally out the air. So that leaves the second semi final as Parasite versus Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, I'll go Jurassic Park because I haven't seen Parasite. Well, I'll go Jurassic Park. I'm um, Parasite. Start as Candy. Oh, come on. Oh, Joe. Candy, it's just down to you then. Fuck a doodle do. Well, it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes, Parasite is good, but what will last longer is. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic longer. Park. Yeah, thank you. John Cheetah really is crying now. It's an incredible film, but this film has lasted the test of time. It's lasted nearly thirty years, and it will also, last longer. Also, also, Jurassic Park took 
an abortion by Michael Crichton and made it watchable. I like how you say, and I, I do, I, I know Jurassic Park should win, but I like how you say it stood the test of time. Parasite's only a few years old. <laughs> it still exists. <laughs> it's still a thing. <laughs> and it hasn't got bad sequels. <laughs> but irrelevant. It is irrelevant. I, I st- All right, that's it. The final. Yeah. Biggie's The Thing versus Stig's Jurassic Park. What do modern escapism consider the greatest film of all time? Good Dude, fucking Absolute God. bangers. We have one vote for Jurassic Park. Do you want one to keep behind the, the curtain thing. here, guys, as well? These are the two that, in my head, I thought would be in the final. Ooh. These are the two strongest films, in my opinion. Can you give me the lottery numbers for this weekend? No. I'm going to pick <laughs> Candy first. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park? Yep. Done. Gadget? You can't even look at me, can you? (laughs) It is a tough choice. Like, I do adore both films. But I think for me, the the daft thing is, I've watched both these films loads of times and, like, they're they're infinitely watchable films. (laughs) Um, uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, fuck. No way. It's just, don't get me wrong. I adore the thing. But I think. I think Jurassic Park inches it because it's like I could show it to my kids. I don't have kids. I you have the intention of having kids. You can show the thing to your kids. They're just yeah. going to have a different reaction. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we need to have a conversation with your wife? What would you vote to do, I've already said that Jurassic Park's probably one of the most important films ever made, so Jurassic Park. You're wrong. Okay. I love them both. It's not okay. a disrespect to the thing. The thing is excellent. No, the thing is amazing. I, I think Jurassic okay, Park. Okay, Biggie, what do you, what's your thoughts on Jurassic Park? We've done this on the podcast before. I see films as pre Jurassic Park and post Jurassic Park. That, that's what am I? This actually must be what it feels like being in the movie The Thing, where everyone's against me. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not against you. Oh, you already, you already said, didn't you? you? You didn't hit you as much. Maybe because it's an age difference. Not like in a bad, no, that's no, not a bad Ooh. thing. But you already said that like we were younger we were kids when we saw it, it, so maybe that's the thing. I was terrified by it as a kid. Yes, I was. I didn't like the spit that one. I, I, the thing I, is, yes, an amazing I... film, Biggie. It is, but we have decided. Biggie's fucking face. Oh, oh, I fucking love winning. That's two. Two of one now. It's even more. <laughs> it's even more annoying because I know how competitive it is and how happy he is that he, he couldn't care what movie he won. It's just Mate, the fact, the fact that he won. picked Jurassic Park. <laughs> it was irrelevant whatever his other pick would have been, in my opinion. It is the reason I didn't pick Jurassic Park is because I knew someone were going to pick Jurassic Park. <laughs> I needed to put something else in. You should. Have, you should have picked Jurassic Park. So it's fine. I'll accept that. Crash Team Racing is the better racing. Has been voted for. Wrongly. Okay, so this is Gadget jumping in here because we've all had a bit of a drink. Here. I haven't. And more precisely, Stig is on the gin. <laughs> and we've established in the past that Stig and spirits don't mix. <laughs> so in Stig's effort to be helpful towards me, he muted his microphone upon announcing the winner. And we had a full debate on it. And I've had to cut a big chunk of it out. So... What happened was... The thing won. <laughs> no, the, the thing didn't win, Biggie, unfortunately. 
And as uh, much as I'm sad for you, Jurassic Park won. And I will announce say, Modern Escapism's best film of all time, of all history, forever and ever, amen, is Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> 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 you just did that Modern Escapism's worst podcaster of all time is <laughs> No, I was trying to be helpful. We're all in the same room. I thought I'd mute the mic. So he didn't get all the background noise. He didn't have to spend all his time editing me. Yes, but I forgot, forgot to, to unmute it when I announced the winner. <laughs> so leading on to this one, we're going to take all responsibility away from Stig. And I'm going to jump straight into the mailbag here to hear what, what our wonderful audience has said. A big T-Rex size mailbag. No, no, don't you try and bring it back here, Stig. You're in the, you're, you're in the naughty corner we'll right now. Yeah, so straight away we're going in with Leroy, uh, Leroy Francisco, who says the greatest film of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's probably the most entertaining film that exists. I've seen it countless times. It nails everything. Looks great, fantastic score, top-tier action, and a top performance by Harrison Ford. It's my honourable mention. Mm. That's a pretty good film. Alex79UK has said, uh, there's no greatest film of all time, but my personal top three are Gangs of New York. It's good. Wouldn't say it's greatest. The Prestige. Yeah, okay, superb. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Shit. <laughs> Someone in the room disagrees. <laughs> Pete, Pete Beckett has just said Shawshank Redemption. Great film. I mean, it's a great film. He hasn't explained why he thinks it's the best film of all time. Okay. But he hasn't explained why. I, I clearly stated in our tweet... What is your greatest film and why? <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah, a few title exercises said, I'm really struggling to think of one as there's been a lot of perceived classics I haven't seen. Guess I'll probably go Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I was torn between that and Last Crusade, but decided on the original. Classic romp with good set pieces. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think Last Crusade is ever in a conversation where it's better than Raiders. No. no, like Last Crusade is a great Actually, film. Actually, I have heard a lot of people. Do, it is. It is uh, that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It is my favourite of the trilogy. Hmm. A lot of people trilogy. like the camaraderie between uh, yeah, Doctor Henry Jones and the late great <laughs> retired. Oodles, you need you need to have a word with your mate Bobby Wayne. Tried. He said, click with Adam Sandler. He's doing it to piss me off. <laughs> He's doing it to piss us all off, mate, because that film is fucking It's not atrocious. even Adam Sandler's best film. <laughs> and he's done, he's done, what, three good films in his life out of his possible 300 that he's done? Can, can he's going to kill you. It's actually a good job you're not here. Adam Sandler is fucking <laughs> shite, and he needs to be shot. <laughs> Wow. wow. You're only doing that because you're not here to be slapped by candy. I'd say it's Adam's face. He'd probably go, he'd probably whack me with a hockey stick or something, wouldn't he? Because he thinks he's rock hard. Fuck off. So, <laughs> I'll fight Adam Sandler and I've got COVID and I'd still win. If you get us to the top tier of our Patreon, we will arrange this fight. Easy. I'll, yes. I'll do this Logan Paul shit that they're all doing. £10 a month, we do celebrity boxing. Yeah, I'll fuck I will, I will literally box Adam Sandler. <laughs> and I'm just sending noodles to Hollywood to randomly assault celebrities. I think I'll win and all. With those big blow-up 
Boxing I don't gloves need gloves. Well. I'll do it bare knuckle. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Sergeant's story has come in being entirely wrong by saying uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. You hate that film, do you? <laughs> I fucking despise it with every fibre of my being. So you It is that bad. It's not. Why has Robin got an American accent? Why has Will Scarlet got an American accent? Just why? Right, why do all the Russians have Yorkshire accents and London accents in The Death of Stalin? It's just a thing. Just a thing, mate. You know it's true. <laughs> Everything I do, I do it I just, for you. I'm going to mute you with this logic. I'm going to fucking cancel you so hard. Anyway. It's not as controversial as the next choice. I mean, I, I mean, Debbie Punk is coming with the correct option, saying Blues Brothers 2000. What? <laughs> 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 He's going to cancel our Patreon. Is he taking the piss? Well, well no. Well, the, th- the thing no. is, Debbie, when we asked this in the Discord, Debbie Punk put a Blues Brothers gif in, but he didn't specify which Blues Brothers. Oh. I we, think it's obvious which Blues Brothers. Obviously, means the first one because because <laughs> one of them's dead and not in the other yeah. one. <laughs> What? Also, Blues Brothers is incredible. Yes, it is. But not Blues Brothers 2000. No, no that needs to die in a fire. Uh, Kurt Lewin's come in saying, uh, hopefully I'm not too late, but my best, uh, my pick for best film is Whiplash. Amazing. I watched it last night, even though I wasn't planning on after, but after the tweet we put out the char- about characters that mean the world to you, one of them is Miles Teller's character in Whiplash. Yeah. Whilst I'm no drummer, I could relate to his personality in a lot of ways, both in terms of how shy he is, but also his determination albeit I've never gone to the lengths he does in the film. I think this connection is partly why I love the film, but also because I love everything about it. The cinematography, the performances of everyone, especially J.K. Simmons, the soundtrack, and my favourite finale to a film. It's also pretty funny in places, with some of the some of the quips J.K. Simmons comes out with. It's a drama, comedy, and even a psychological horror at times. My favourite film, and I honestly hope one day it can be eclipsed, but I struggle to think how it could be. Not my tempo. Perfect. I've not seen that yet, you know? It's on my watch list. I think it's flawless. Really, really good. Incredible. Uh, And last up, we have uh, Adam Golightly saying, this is such a hard one to pick. I'm going for Star Wars, A New Hope. I watched it on repeat as a kid growing up, and I could watch it on repeat now. Happy memories of watching it with my friends on VHS, then going to the cinema to see it when they did that remaster many years later. As all the geeky goodness I needed as a kid and in adult life. I think Adam got confused. He meant... Empire. <laughs> the best thing about that is you fold that up with, wait, no, I'm changing my mind. No, <laughs> no I'm not saying Star Wars. Have you seen what you've done to me here? I've narrowed it down to nine films. <laughs> I'll stay with Star Wars. <laughs> Brilliant. The original trilogy of Star Wars, that, that's, that's a special little trilogy, that, isn't it? I mean, Jedi's a bit rough, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, still a fun yeah, film. It's still a laugh. Empire's on my shortlist. Yeah, M- M- Empire's yeah. the, the absolute pinnacle of that series. Incredible. Excellent. So thank you, everyone, that emailed in or messaged in. Uh, now we're going to hit Candy with the socials. I don't think she'll be able to do it, look. She's up for it. I'm hanging in there, I'm fine. I'm all right, Jack Sparrow, crack on. Candy's going to hit you up with our socials, I think. Or hit noodles over the head. I'm going to hit Do something. Do you want to find me? 
You can visit our website, modernescapism.co.uk. On there, you can find a link to all of our socials, contact details and merch store. If you have any comments or feedback, or if you'd like to contribute to here to our heaving sack, you can... <laughs> <laughs> That's a new addition to your spiel. <laughs> <laughs> How much does it cost to contribute to the heaving sack? <laughs> I've got a spare bit of money. One, one negative COVID yeah. test. You know. <laughs> Your chest hurts. Yeah. You've anyway. got a Patreon section to get through next, Dick. <laughs> if you have any comments or feedback, or if you'd like to contribute to our heaving sack, you can fill out a form on our website. Tweet us or email us on <laughs> Please leave all this in. <laughs> it's all staying It's fine. Tweet us or email us. <laughs> That's not even funny. It's Tweet us at Modern Escapism. Email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com. Head over to our website at uh, modernescapism.co.uk. Yeah. Thank you. We also have a Discord server if you'd like to join our community of listeners for a chat about the podcast and many other aspects of pop culture and escapism. We have an amazing community of listeners. It doesn't sound um, like it, you went... We love... We have an amazing <laughs> community. <laughs> Discord fuckers. How good are they? <laughs> God, they're amazing. Fuck those You counts. do know. <laughs> You do know, yeah. The clever thing would have been to, would have been to just record this tomorrow. All this, but this is staying in. Now. This is staying in. If you enjoy Twitch and want to keep us company while fumbling our way through games, you can find us on twitch.tv forward slash modern escapism. We all have regular streams, and the best way to keep up with them is to follow our Twitch channel so you know when we're going live, or keep an eye on Twitter. We've already told you about our Patreon, so if you're feeling generous and want to give us a bit of extra support so we can continue to bring you new content, please consider subscribing on patreon.com forward slash modernescapism. And we really do appreciate any contributions. If you want to support us in a non-financial way, leaving us a five-star review wherever you can really does make a massive difference as well. So please do. Next week, our subject is something for a genre... <laughs> something, something you like for a genre... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Next week, we're doing... Something from a genre that you dis something wow. you like from a genre you dislike. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Next week we do something about things you might you don't like, I don't know. <laughs> so many stuff, it hurts so much. Seriously, is it something from a genre Something fr- something you like from a genre that you don't? Fucking hell. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Oh, fuck, mate. Next week's subject is something you like from a genre you don't like. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends. told it just off. A genre you don't, you don't like. It just ends. I did it. <laughs> you guys are fucked. I'm fine. Thank you very much for listening and for everyone who wrote in. We hope that you liked our debates on the greatest film of all time and that you agree with Jurassic Park because it is clearly the rightful winner. It's all right, Biggie. You might win on crisps. Uh, 
<laughs> I always win on crisps. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> this week's episode of Modern Escape is brought to you by alcohol. <sighs> right, I'll finish. Fight for the pain. Usa. <sighs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you know what I've just realised as well? This is the first time I've seen all of your ears. <laughs> I've got another one. That's, that's Easter egg. That's Easter egg. Surprised to learn you actually have them. <laughs>